Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Brian Milligan and Rafiq Shaheen. So how's how's it going? It's good. Good, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good. I want to. <laughs> so the, the twi- a lot happened at Twisted Birch. Oh, so much. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> On different from different angles. That show in general was a wild show. Like the first one we did was very subdued and the audience was like like very engaged mm-hmm. and I mean for that for there to be that many people there it was like kind of surprising especially in a bar but this one was the day after St. Patty's Day the college basketball championships were on whatever that's called were on mm-hmm. and uh and the bar the bar side was rowdy as hell yeah so it's, it's- even last time they were, but the even more. Yeah, it was way. It was uh, the. I, I mean, I'll put it to you like this: last time I was out there, Eugene started. I went up right after him. By the time I got up, the bar was like silent. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they, you know, there was still like some a little bit of chatter, and mm-hmm. then like obviously like people making drinks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a little distracting, but not not like like this past Saturday. It was so it was, it was March Madness. St. Patrick's Madness, yeah, College Madness, and then we got stand-up comedy going on in the corner, and it, with yeah. eighty people that bought tickets that are there to watch the show, and then like forty people that are like, we're just watching college basketball, fuck we y'all, shit, yeah, and then it's just like uh, somebody scores and they're all in the background, ah! like screaming, <laughs> screaming over punchlines. Uh, this is the reason why, like more shows and like this is always something that bothers me is like when you arrive at a venue that's like we agreed to do comedy but we are going to do the bare minimum to ensure that comedy happens and i go like <laughs> nigga just buy like a drop cloth or something so we can segment the audience off or you know what i mean like but it's well, here's the thing about that venue though i will to their credit they do a lot yeah right mm-hmm. i mean Truth be told, they pretty much do everything. Yeah. <laughs> other than provide the comics. For sure. Um, but it's it's such a big room mm-hmm. that the bar people are physically so far away from the comedy that if they're not paying attention, they might lose track of the fact that there's a show going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the like there's a big open area where like I said, like eighty people, like eighty people are packed in that one spot, and then the bar's like all the way in the back. And you, and you can fit another like forty people at the bar. Yeah, it's a right. big. So, so room. it's it's pretty big. And then there's an outside bar, and then a obstructed view room that is like probably fits another like forty people. Okay. Yeah, it's a big place. <laughs> they said that they can pack like over two hundred people in there. Okay, and that like that's not bad. I'm just saying like if you're going to have you and this is not about this venue in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying like for any venue, if you're gonna have your show. Right, whoever is there, even if it's just music, mm-hmm. and you go like, "Hey, man, people at the bar are gonna be here." Uh, you go play Kenny G or whatever the fuck you came for in the corner. Yeah, it's like <laughs> at least put a curtain up or something so like the one yeah. dude who's like Kenny G sucks. Kenny G killed my mom. <laughs> does not have to like be involved in this, you know. <laughs> The other thing too is like the vibe was a little different this time. It was weird. It was yeah, weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the first time, it was like all like everybody was everything like, was just on fire. So happy, everybody yeah. was there. You know, have a good time. The owners were super excited. Mm-hmm. Everything, and then this time the vibe was just different. I don't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. And I mean, you know. <laughs> there was a, a few comics that didn't s- do so well mm-hmm. on the card, and then a few that did amazing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, 
and I, I felt really bad for for one of the guys, man. I'm, I'm not trying to, like, <laughs> I don't want to call anybody's names out, you know, or any right. of that kind well, of stuff. But one of the guys, like, he had a rough set, and I felt fucking terrible for him, man. Well, here's the, all right, so I will I will say, because I don't think he had a, so I'm, I'm talking about Cam. Yes, that's think, what I'm talking about, too. I don't think Cam actually had a bad set, or at least that bad a set. Cam is accustomed. And this this happens to me sometimes too. Yeah. Cam is accustomed to murdering. Yeah. Right. So when he has a normal set to him, yeah. it feels like he's Bombing. bombed his yeah. ass off. But he didn't have a normal set. What he had was a killer like four minutes. Yeah. Like and four then- <laughs> minutes up front of just typical Cam murdering, and then it f- fell off a cliff. So here's mm-hmm. so here's what happened. And this is, I wish we got to get Cam on to talk about it because it's the oh, funniest. Oh man, I mean, telling the story is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. So Cam goes, and again, like you said, four minutes of like opening up, really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to some guy in the crowd and goes, you know, in, in his Cam, like, what do you do for a living? And the guy was like, I fuck your mom every Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> Shit. Damn, that's hyper aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it stumbled Cam. Cam yeah. was like, what, what the fuck did you just say? And then like. And the rest of his set was predicated on. In his brain, he was going, "What the fuck did that motherfucker yeah, say?" To me? Yeah. And he was so distracted the rest of his set because I think he was trying to figure out. And again, Cam is extremely funny, mm-hmm. so we forget sometimes how new he is. And I think that's the first time he's had something weird like that happen. Maybe to where he was in real time trying to figure out yeah. what, what what do I do? How do I handle this? And I think that coupled with the anger. Because I think once he realized what the guy said, yeah, he wanted to fight that dude. Yeah, probably. yeah, that dude was big though. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, but with with Cam specifically, he so he did this thing where that happened, and then you could tell he got a little nervous, mm-hmm. and then he started talking faster. Oh, and yeah, Cam, yeah. like in a room full of like rowdy white people, when not Cam is talking to fa- fast, they like. I think they, I think he just lost them with how fast he was telling the jokes, and they don't know what. Yeah, and they're like, "What did he just say?" Like, I think it was like one of those things. And then that's a yeah. See, that's a nightmarish combination. Yeah, because a rowdy room where it's difficult to hear anyway, plus Cam was Cam's like hood country accent. Yeah, plus him talking fast. Plus it's old white people who wouldn't understand it anyway. Yeah, they might have not understood a single joke after he got nervous and started talking fast. Well, this is the reason why they say, like, just in crowd work in general, you should never ask a question you Mm -hmm. aren't willing to, like, already know the answer to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if if somebody shouts back, like, I fuck your mother, you should, and this is not, you know, about Cam in particular, but it's Mm -hmm. like, you should already have like a retort for someone's gonna say well, something. In his defense, <laughs> who thinks they have a retort for I fuck your? Bro, I would have lit that dude up. <laughs> yeah. like, from the stage, I would have stood up there and just talked. My whole rest of my set might have been about talking him. shit about yeah, that yeah, to yeah. that dude. Like, I mean, <laughs> even if he was big, like, all right, dude, <laughs> like, I guess I'll take my ass whipping at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, Dad, um, you finally came back. <laughs> like, Cam, Cam at one point goes, uh, "If I'm a bomb, I'm a bomb on my own terms." And then he goes, "Y'all ever want to punch a baby?" <laughs> That's hilarious. Actually. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> but my favorite part about Cam about Cam is I've never seen him angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're all sitting because the way this place is set up is there's a all the what what they call the green room is really just a back patio, right. and all the comics are just out back. Mm-hmm. 
So, and then there's a glass wall, so we can see into the room, mm-hmm. but the sound's very muffled because it's in an enclosed thing, and we're out back, right? Yeah. So we're all looking, we're like, oh, this isn't going so great. Yeah. And then Cam comes bursting through the door after his set is over, and he's like, you know what that fart nigga said to me? <laughs> 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 we're like, what, what, what happened? He was like, he's, I said, what'd you do for a living? He said, he said, I fuck your mama every Tuesday. Like, he was so mad. <laughs> I will say one thing though, Jimmy murdered. Yeah. Like he yeah, murdered Eugene killed it too, and then yeah. Dean Napolitano oh, so the, at the end he here's he killed it. Here's what I'm excited to hear about from you, Brian. So uh-huh. I've I've been raving about Dean mm-hmm. since I've known Brian. Again, Dean's one of my like Christmas greatest mentors. Sucking that Dean dick. <laughs> 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 I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um yeah, I mean it's for me it's like, you know, Duncan helped me get started, and then Dean Napolitano and James John really helped me, like get to, get to the next, next level. level yeah. You know, those are the like kind of the three guys that helped me out the most. And um, I've been raving about it to the point where I didn't realize it's like I said, my wife was like, "Oh, you're always talking about Dean on the podcast." Yeah. So now that what was cool was we had the weird experience of Brian had never seen Dean before. Mm-hmm. Then we had a conversation for an hour and a half on the podcast, and then Brian immediately got to leave. And go watch Dean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right one right after the other. So I'm curious to see overall what was your impression. Okay, so I'll I'll tell the the whole situation because it was a little there's yeah, some weirdness yeah, yeah, right yeah, in the middle yeah, of his yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Dean went up and I think with the rowdy bar, mm-hmm. he was like, I'm just gonna tell jokes for a bit. Yeah. And he I mean he's the first joke he said, like it hit hit a little bit. Mm-hmm. By by the third joke he was in, he was murdering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and he was telling jokes that were so fucking strong, dude, about yeah. his dad and all that shit. I mean, yeah. it was it was hilarious, mm-hmm. right? And then at one point, I think Eugene needed to tell me something, so I got up and walked out. I was he was probably like eight or nine minutes into a set, mm-hmm. and I'm out there talking to Eugene. And my wife, who dropped me, who dropped me off with another guy, he dro- she dropped me off at the podcast. Actually, she dropped me off here, and then I got a ride with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, she walks onto the patio, and I'm like, "What the fuck is she doing here?" You know, <laughs> like that's in my mind. I like turn around, and then my foreign exchange student walks out right after her, right? And I have not seen my foreign exchange student in a year, mm-hmm. and like that, that's how long ago she left, uh, and I didn't know she was coming. Like, it was, like, a surprise. And so I'm, like, talking to Eugene, having a conversation. Cam's, like, over here, like, kind of doing his thing and, like, being angry. And then, and Matt Glidden's out there, too. He's the guy I rode with. And so we're standing there. They both walk out, and I immediately start crying my eyes out. Like, I mean, oh, I so mean, that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, profusely weeping. You know what I mean? Like, because it was just weird, man. I wasn't expecting it. Like, it was like, it, they everybody kept saying it was like watching the soldier videos where the soldier comes home. And like, <laughs> that's what it was like, man. Yeah. I was just like, I, I couldn't help it, dude. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and they stayed for like five minutes, and I was just out there hugging her, and, mm-hmm. you know, and just, Saying, "Oh my God, this is crazy," or, or yeah. whatever, and then uh, and then they leave, and <laughs> and then Cam Cam looks at me. And he goes, "Because I, I was like embarrassed at that mm-hmm. point, you know. I yeah. just cried in front of a bunch of bunch of grown men, you know, well, like <laughs> comedians. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of grown men comedians who were not making fun of me the entire. I couldn't believe it. Like yeah. <laughs> Duncan's sitting right there, and he's just like, "This is beautiful," <laughs> so, you know. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, uh, but then Cam looks at me. and He goes. I've never seen anybody cry tears of happiness before. And I was like, that's such a fucking crazy thing to hear. You know what I mean? Like when you talk, I can't wait to have cam on. Yeah. When you talk to him about his life, yeah, he has a fucking, for him to be 
as like positive and bubbly as he is, he's a resilient mm-hmm. yeah. fucking kid, man. He's been through a lot of shit. Yeah. I have yeah. I have hung out with Cam, and mm-hmm. I thought I had smoked weed with Cam multiple times. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, because like we were in a group of people smoking weed. I yeah. saw him take it, you know, <laughs> like, and I was telling him on the porch the other day, like I was, I think I offered him like a joint or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, nah, I don't smoke. I was like, when did you quit? He's like, I haven't smoked in two years. I was like, dude, I was smoking with you like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And he's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. And I was he like, he just acts like he's high. He just act, Well, he just acts like he's smoking and then yeah. passes it. He's yeah. like, no, nah, I don't smoke. I quit two years ago. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, uh, when you guys say Cam, are you talking about from Orlando or yeah. are you talking about yeah. Bertram? No, Cam. Cam Patterson. Okay. Yeah, right. so, oh, yeah, yeah. Bertram's, uh, he's, like, you haven't met him no, yet. No, I don't know him. He's, okay. a, um, he's a comic out of Tampa yeah. area and he's killing shit he's yeah he's a fucking murderer is he a, yeah. is he a black dude also no nope. he's a white, white dude yeah okay he's, he's got a dry bar special it's done oh, okay. really 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 well oh, yeah. um he was he had some sort of weird thing happen with america's got talent hmm. but i mean yeah. no he's he's he's, yeah, up, he he's was, nationally touring headline yeah he was doing uh he was writing for like while and out for like Damn. a hot minute and yeah and he Got into shit with it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not gonna go into that. That's yeah. how my story. What are you to trying to fuck Nick Cannon's <laughs> wife, or one of his baby mamas, or something? <laughs> you know, in 200 years, we're all gonna be related. To Nick Cannon, so <laughs> <That's> no, <true. laughs> he's the Genghis Khan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, after the that, dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> after that, I go back in to catch the last 30 minutes of Dean's set. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, dude, I. In a in a place that's not like a huge theater, mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody murder like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, in, in a rowdy room, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He still killed, and he didn't do much crowd work. I can tell mm-hmm. it was just it was the rowdiness. I know, yeah, I know, because he was doing it a little bit, mm-hmm. like peppering people and but stuff like that. But it's dangerous to to stretch your neck all the way out there yeah. in a room where it's rowdy. Because if you lose them, then you oh, yeah. lose them. Yeah. Lose and he, I think he felt that, and just yeah. like a pro, man, just yep. just switched over it's into <laughs> just telling jokes and murdering. Yeah, like, I mean, whew. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of headliners locally. You know what I'm seeing? I've seen guys that travel all over the country, and that guy was Dean is the man. He's special, oh, yeah. man. That yeah. dude, that dude is he's a talent. So see why? So when I'm when when I was talking to Dean about uh, my my typical speech about man, these headliners need to connect with the younger comics to help them with their social media, yeah, and whatever. I mean, if if Dean Napolitano had fifty thousand followers on Instagram and and such, he would he would be able to travel the country, headline rooms. But I don't and I don't would, think that he wants to do that right now because I mean, of his dad. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So, well, so he was doing social media like with his dad for like a hot minute. Yeah, you know? and mm-hmm. he has a good he has a good following, but yeah. I feel like he should be famous. Dean is one of those people that when you watch him perform, you're like, this guy should be famous. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you watch to me. I've watched five comedy specials this year that I didn't like. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm like, I I went there and watched a dude murder. That's like it. Murder in obscurity. (laughs) You know, that's (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is, dude. That's going to be the title of this podcast. Murder in obscurity. That's what he did. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean. Uh, it's just crazy that somebody at that level is like just living as a uh, as a comic not not known you yeah. know what i mean well, just, but i mean like that's the nature of the business like yeah. business or the beast as a whole you know it's like comedy is you know one third talent two thirds like two thirds like who you know mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. or like what it, what end you have yeah because you can absolutely have somebody murdering in obscurity 
and then you have someone who's like a giant in the industry and it's like you're fucking terrible like (laughs) i'm telling you half half of what netflix puts out i think sucks i mean I, and I think a lot of it is that the comics themselves are not bad comics. Mm-hmm. I think that there's incentive for them to put out specials every year, year and a half, yeah. because they're making three, four, five million dollars per special. Yeah. And so they're like, it doesn't really matter like if, if the jokes are the strongest they need to be. They're just putting out shit so that they can keep cashing that check. But I don't know if that's true because, well, I was, I was about to say I don't know if that's true because Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock keep putting out good stuff on Netflix. But when you compare it to their past work, that's what I mean, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. I mean, like, what's your favorite Dave Chappelle special all time? All time, probably Sticks and Stones. Okay, was that two thousand six? I'm like not that? a movie guy like Brian. He I'm, knows a, I'm, all the stats I'm, I'm a I'm a uh, Killing and Softly guy. Really? I, I think that is a masterful special. Really? I you know why? Because it it is so close to like Chappelle show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like in the level of comedy that he's putting out in that special, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a precursor. I know it has nothing to do with Chappelle's show, mm-hmm. but you just see, you can see like the way his mind works when he's yeah. telling those jokes, like about the baby that sells drugs and all mm-hmm. that shit. Like, like that could have been a Chappelle show sketch, you right. know? Yeah. Like, you know, that's so interesting that that's your favorite one. I love it. Here's, here's, I've seen it a million times. Here's my assessment, mm-hmm. real quick, because I don't mm-hmm. know if is they. To me, I put Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle absolutely neck and neck. People make it seem like, oh, Dave Chappelle is like the undisputed king. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a little disrespectful to Chris Rock. And I know Chris Rock is humble because if you ask him, he's like, no, 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 I'm not that great. But here's the thing. If you compare the beginning half of Chris Rock's career mm-hmm. to the beginning half of Dave Chappelle's career, mm-hmm. it's not even no. a contest. Yeah. Chris Rock murders him in every category. Yeah. Then... Chris Rock has now started to slow down in terms of how hard hitting the stand up is. Yeah. And then Dave Chappelle has picked up. And I think over the last couple of years, Dave Chappelle has dropped three pretty Decent. critically acclaimed love specials. Yeah, good. And because of that, he's now been put in this thing. And I think our generation forgets what type of monster Chris Rock was. I, I think there are two things with that though is one i think chris slowed down because chris at a point where he wasn't doing stand-up as much as he was doing movies true Mm -hmm. and so i think that really changed i i think you know that's something that's overlooked when people have that conversation of like you really do gotta switch gears Mm -hmm. because the kind of comedy you're putting out on stage is not the kind of comedic energy you got to cultivate if you're putting that in like a movie or mm-hmm. something like that you know well I, f- I feel like I, at this point Chris Rock's like a respected actor you know he's like a good actor you know you don't think so I hate I, the weird thing with me I think Chris Rock to me Chris Rock is the greatest performing stand up comedian ever mm-hmm. I don't think anyone performs I think there's people that are better mm-hmm. writers but his performance is better than anyone period mm-hmm. I hate him in movies really really as an actor I I I love him so much as a stand-up that I pretend he's never acted in it. You didn't enjoy so, Madagascar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just, just kidding. I was waiting for like yeah. the the incredible acting that you're about to bring. <laughs> I mean, Pookie in New Jack City, but that's just because he's a little skinny guy playing a crackhead, so it kind of it was pretty good. Yeah, he's good in Dogma. I lo- I like that. Yeah, movie a lot. I, I, like that's the reference I was waiting for. Yeah, do- I mean? Dogma like, was good. But like that's kind of like, I've never seen it, so maybe that's my fault. It's, it's a it's a silly Kevin Smith. But movie. he was also yeah. but he crushes a, it. In that. He's also in a series. Um, 
Oh, the, oh, uh, I can tell you exactly what it is. He is in uh, Fargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I didn't watch either, and I need to to be to be respectful to him. I should go back and watch it because I reached a point where I was like, if I see Chris Rock acting, I don't watch it because I don't want to mm. burn how much I love him as a stand-up. Yeah. See, I, I. I feel like the issue there is like they don't have to be mutually exclusive, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the second thing I was uh, gonna say is like, especially when you compare him to Chappelle, you mm-hmm. know, like Chappelle is ultimately a different beast. Mm-hmm. So when you go like, like everyone goes like the greatest of all time when they have the goat conversation, but it's like, <clears throat> it, it there doesn't have to be one. Yeah. You know, and like that's such a difficult thing because like we call it the greatest, but it's like Jordan might be like the best basketball player of his era, but like he didn't get to be, it wasn't like just Jordan out on the court by himself. Like, mm-hmm. you know how ridiculous that would look? Yeah. You know? Well, that's so. the that's the problem with that whole conversation is it's never the greatest of all time is the greatest at the time. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's really what it is mm-hmm. because that goalpost shifts consistently you know like every Mm -hmm. five years there's another person that's like oh this is this person has surpassed them in sales ticket sales Mm -hmm. all that stuff oh this person's the best or like with basketball like lebron james like Mm -hmm. you know has broken a bunch of mj's records so like oh is now he the best or is mj the best because he still has records from 30 years ago so so kind of I want to pose this question to you, Chris, because I mm-hmm. feel like you'd have an interesting answer. Because I had a similar conversation to this just this past week of if Patrice was still alive, mm-hmm. would Chappelle be in the GOAT position? Because I go, if Patrice were still alive, there would be a like three-way competition between him and chris and Chappelle, Mm -hmm. because definitely two of those netflix specials that dave got would have gone to patrice (laughs) Mm -hmm. at some point you know what i actually think would happen i think if patrice is alive joe rogan is not joe rogan that's what i think too Mm, i think you think he does uh, agreed the show instead because you got to understand patrice was never going to get to i think if he lived for a thousand years Mm -hmm. he was never going to be chris rock or dave Chappelle. He, he wasn't of, as commercially a commercial exactly yeah, because well, of how he behaved in the business. Yeah. However, where Rogan is, you know, Rogan has this whole thing about how he's uncancelable because yeah. he built his own infrastructure kind yeah. of away from the industry. Mm-hmm. I think Patrice, I think Rogan would still be Rogan, but way smaller. And what Rogan has, Patrice would have even bigger. Mm-hmm. I think is what it would be. I just feel okay. like he would be That's- every comic's favorite comic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, Def- I think it, it would, would still be, like be huge. Yeah. I think it'd be yeah. massive. But I think, but, I mean, literally, look at Rogan's position. Nobody talks about Joe Rogan in the competition between Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, of right. course. Right. However, in terms of who's the highest paid in the world, Joe Rogan's right up there because of his podcast and sponsorships and all that sort of thing. Mm. So, I mean, Patrice, I think. He would have never gotten the credit, I don't think, just simply because of because of issues he would have had industry-wise. However, I think in terms of a podcast or or some sort of thing where he's, you know, doing it on his own where he's uncancelable. I mean, you I mean you look at Patrice stuff that he's said on podcasts and in specials and stuff. 
and you drop it into 2023, 20, he gets canceled every 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know that, what I mean? That I can understand. But, like, when, when you look at him and Chappelle in this context, yeah. Chappelle has had quote unquote problematic specials. Oh, for sure. And gotten away with it. You know what I mean? But I but here's here's what Chappelle had though. Chappelle had a decade of being the it guy. Mm-hmm. And then did some problematic stuff. Nah, I mean, yeah, that's Patrice fair. was like problem- Patri- problematic. Patrice was problematic <laughs> in 2001. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but Ch- Chappelle, this is how much influence Chappelle has, right? Yeah. Like, Comedy Central was selling, not selling, but uh, licensing the rights to Chappelle show to another oh, yeah. streaming platform. Right, mm-hmm. and Dave Chappelle didn't get a cut of it because he only gets a cut of the uh, cable rights. Like if they if they uh, sell it to like a different TV channel or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But before, because everything came out before streaming, none of it was in his contract for streaming rights. Yeah. So they gave the rights. To, I think Hulu, Hulu started putting it out. Or Netflix, one of the two. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, it's Netflix because he talks about how he went to Netflix. That's right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and just because he's Dave Chappelle, they were like, okay, we'll pay, we'll pay you the percentage that you would have made for yeah. streaming. Mm-hmm. If it was Tom Segura or anybody yeah, else, they would have they like, the been like, hey, go fuck yourself, <laughs> dude. <laughs> they would have like, been like, Tom Segura's by the front desk. Yeah, tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't give a shit. But Dave Chappelle, they go, okay, dump uh, unload the dump truck full of money <laughs> we'll, yeah. uh, we'll pay him just to, just so he doesn't talk shit about us in his next special yeah. <laughs> uh, sir uh, Mr. Kreishner is uh, here to talk about that uh, yeah can you just call security can you, can you just <laughs> that's right just send him a bucket of Tito's <laughs> <and soda. laughs> but to be to be fair because I don't want to make it seem like I because Patrice is my favorite comedian of all time period yeah like so I don't want to make it seem like I'm like you know down in what Patrice would have done had he been alive. Oh yeah. I just think he would have had to, cause he even talks about it, actually on the, there was an episode of Opie and Anthony mm-hmm. where he talks about like, just what he wanted for his mm-hmm. career. And he said something along the lines of like, I just want something that I can make, even if it's out of my house, that I can have my opinion and people can listen. Those who want to listen can listen. And those who don't can just ignore me, you yeah. know? Okay. So in this context, if we're including, you know, like the larger comedy industry as a whole, yeah. I am one hundred percent on board with that. Yeah. I'm just saying if we take the oh, concept special for special, special for special, I go. No, I think Patrice knocks everybody off. Yeah, I think I think if just special for special, talent wise, if you look at Elephant in the Room, and you compare it to every special that's ever been put out, ever, his one is amongst the best that's any anyone's ever done. So I mean, I don't see how if he continues. Yeah, especially when, th- when you look at the Opie and Anthony show and you listen to all those old recordings, he was also prolific. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like you know people questioned Biggie for example because he passed away and didn't have that much of a catalog. And it's like, well, how do you know he's going to be able to continue to create at that clip? If you listen to Patrice on the Opie and Anthony show, he's hilarious for hours and hours and hours on the radio. I, I feel like. That right there, where you're hitting at, is kind of how you know Patrice is a classic because mm-hmm. Opie and Anthony have been out of it forever, yeah. and people are still listening to Opie because of Patrice, right? Because of Patrice, <laughs> yep. yeah. But I see. I think that Patrice's where he would have landed eventually is mm-hmm. somewhere in between David Tell and Joe Rogan. Like mm-hmm. David Tell is like. Uh, 
he's <clears throat> he he would be bigger than Dave, uh, David Tell. I think he'd mm-hmm. be more like a theater comic than a club comic. Yeah. But he's like one of those where it's like he's a little niche. You know, mm-hmm. like he's he's every comic's favorite comic. You know, so like you, that kind of thing. So you think like more Legion of Skanks than mm, you know, like I think probably bigger than Legion of Skanks because I think that in the comedy community those guys are very well known. Mm-hmm. But I think if you walk down the street and you ask people like, "Hey, do you know who Big J Okerson is?" Right. You know, really anybody outside of Dan Soder because he's on TV. But all the other guys like like Louis J Gomez, like I think I think it's niche. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing could be said. Like, uh, like I think that Patrice would be well known for his talk, his ability to talk mm-hmm. more than his ability to do comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think uh, I think that he would be, I think his comedy would be more like just comics, yeah. like loving it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think, but I don't think just comics though. I think because Patrice was again the favorite guest on Open Anthony, which was a national satellite radio show. Yeah. So I think I really I, I not a slight to Joe Rogan, but I think Patrice is alive. Joe Rogan's nowhere near where he is. Yeah, right. You know I mean, just because Patrice and a microphone and maybe one or two guests is just so good. Well, well you yeah. heard you heard it here, folks. It's uh, Joe Rogan paid to have Patrice killed. <laughs> 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 he, he, he probably could easily right. he just punch him, him in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept feeding him pancakes. Right? <laughs> He's like, hey, Patrice, uh, you want some more? That's right, bro. You want a fourth helping, bro? <laughs> just really, yeah, because Joe Rogan was around in the Opie and Anthony days, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we just created a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I, I, I love this conspiracy theory, though, because now I'm like, oh, Joe Rogan has Patrice's body in like a fear factor barrel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, just covered in donkey semen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Also, like it's it's unnerving Patrice being like my favorite comic mm-hmm. and listening to all that old stuff. Oh, it's because it, if you go if you go to uh, if you go on Spotify, there's uh, it's like Patrice O'Neill Archive on Spotify. It's called, and it starts with I, th- I think it's or does it start with I don't know. I think it's it's one of the top ones on there. Is the Opie and Anthony show mm-hmm. the day after Patrice died, mm. and it's just all of the comics in there talking about it, right? Yeah. And to be like, to be a fat black dude comic with diabetes, <laughs> 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 and Patrice being like my favorite, you know, stand up of all time, I'm like, fuck, I've got to like, I've got to do better. Yeah. Because you hear like, I mean, even like Louis C.K. is just oh, like, yeah. God, I wish I would have just went to his house and made him go for a run. Yeah. <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean? Like just. I mean, yeah. it's true though. You know, like yeah. uh, it's it sucks watching somebody like with greatness in them, yeah, like wither away and die, uh, uh, especially over something that could be like prevented. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it I, sucks. Yeah, I mean, like to a certain extent though, the one thing I do have to give Patrice in that context is like he wanted to go out on his own terms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he talked about that a couple times, but those like, weren't his own terms. Yeah, I, well, it, his terms were, "I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want." <laughs> I mean, so. that's, that's if, he, if, if he had a heart attack having sex with a Brazilian prostitute or yeah. whatever, then those would have been his terms. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so I don't know. That's very sad. Now, now so, so na- sad. well, no, not, now that you said that, I'm kind of trying to imagine what would be like. Imagine Patrice like sitting down trying to plan out his death. <laughs> 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 It's like I'm gonna eat my favorite sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Get my dick sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Die halfway through it. But there's gotta be like a mountain of cocaine mm-hmm. in the back room. 
Just in case I want to get up before. <laughs> but you, I mean, you see the love that Patrice had in the comics that talk about him now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when mm-hmm. you hear Kevin Hart talk about Patrice, it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah. like, he was the guy who got incessantly picked on by Patrice O'Neill, and he's still like, I fucking love that guy. That he was Ke- my favorite ever. That Kevin Hart story is my favorite fucking <laughs> story. It might just be my favorite Kevin Hart story in general, yeah. mm-hmm. but definitely, like, about Patrice, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Like, the fucking phone book, like, yeah. mwah. But you can tell like, there's so much love there. Yeah. 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 But I also, I also think, again, I think Kevin Hart's a different comic if Patrice is alive. Because I think there isn't. I'm trying to think who would be able to tell Kevin Hart, "Hey, you're getting less and less funny as time is going on." Yeah. That he would actually give a shit about them saying that. Mm. And I think Patrice O'Neill literally was the only person who could ever possibly have said that. Well, you know, know I mean? he would be making fun of him for just being successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just shitting all over. Yeah. You doing the third Jumanji yeah. movie? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. You know what that relationship would be. Patrice and Kevin Hart would be Cat Williams and um, not the uh, not uh, Martin Lawrence. Oh, of like oh. one dude, one dude gets super successful. It's like motherfucker, <laughs> I'm coming over to your house. <laughs> like Kevin Hart would have like an entire special, like that fucking <laughs> Netflix special he shot in his home would just yeah. have Patrice <laughs> walking through the. <laughs> I feel like I've asked you this before, yeah. but since we were talking about Chappelle, I, and I, I always go back to this with Chappelle show mm-hmm. because it's something that like not everybody's seen, mm-hmm. and it's like the funniest thing to ever come out of Chappelle show, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot because mm-hmm. there's some really funny sketches. But have you ever watched the Charlie Murphy, like the, the, the it's the extras from the DVD, yeah, the DVD yeah, yeah. extras, just Charlie Murphy telling stories. Oh yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. things that they were working out, but they, didn't, but they yeah, never they made sketches. sketches. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god, dude. Yeah. <laughs> telling you that might be that might be the hardest i've ever laughed at anything dude <laughs> like just him telling telling these crazy stories about being eddie murphy's security yeah. guard yeah. and just <laughs> all of the bullshit that was going on in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. uh, it's the best did, did you ever see him live charlie yeah no did charlie was fucking phenomenal which is live, crazy because like, he didn't start comedy until after Chappelle show yeah. oh yeah can you imagine like, being famous and then going i'm gonna start doing well, so someone, comedy so the funny thing was is i can't remember who i was talking to that explained it to me but somebody who had worked with him before mm-hmm. said that when he started he was in theaters yeah that's what i mean yeah so like his open mic stage was in front of thousands of people. His, his first tour that he went on was a co-headlining tour with Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. it was like the Monster Energy tour or so, you know, a yeah. Maxim magazine. It was like one of those like yeah. douchey things that people <laughs> people yeah. had. But it was like one of those, and and they like because the, Tom Segura was on it too. Yeah. That was like the first tour Segura ever went on, mm-hmm. and he won a contest that put him on it. And he got to meet like Joe Rogan and, and Charlie, but that was the first tour that Charlie ever. And he was like less than a year into comedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he kind of is in like, or was in the Tony Rock situation yeah. of like you got family that already has this like in yeah. the bag. So like, <laughs> but Tony Rock did it the right way in that he, you know, he he went out on his own. You yeah, never he, see him yeah, with he, Chris Rock yeah, on exactly. tour or anything. Yeah. yeah, who was it? Somebody was telling me. That they used to do comedy shows with this kid who would come out and do stand up, right? Mm-hmm. And he was funny, and he used a specific—I don't remember the name that he used, right? His mm-hmm. name was like, like he said his name was like Kevin or something, like. Right? Mm-hmm. He was a black dude, right? Mm-hmm. 
and he would come. It was in New York. I remember this much. It was in New York. He would come out and do shows and, under this name, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually they found out that he was like a, one of the Wayne's brothers' kids. Yeah, I think I remember. Can't remember. I think it was Duncan who told us. I, I, I feel remember. like it was yeah. Duncan too. Yeah. That's who I was leaning towards. But I was yeah. also like, uh, I know like three or four guys that have yeah. done comedy <laughs> up in New York, and so I wasn't sure. Yeah. But yeah, like that's crazy to me. It, it, but no. also kind of smart. Like, oh yeah, for cause, sure. Because you don't want to get you don't want to go too fast in comedy. Yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a there's a like there you see it in guys that. They rise to stardom within six months, and then they go out and sell out a couple of shows, and then everybody's like, "Oh, this isn't funny. I'm not coming back to this shit." (laughs) You know, like so. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, so like that's the reason why they say comedy is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like they, you know, like I always looked at Mark Maron for that one because it's like this is a dude who got successful in his fifties. Yeah. You know, after doing comedy, comedy for twenty for the, something right, years, you know, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he came up with Kinnison and those guys, right? You know, yeah. I mean, he was a mm-hmm. door guy in it, he he worked in in New York as a door guy, and then went and worked at the comedy store as a door guy. Mm-hmm. So he literally did the whole like mm-hmm. he he started with the Kinnison group, yeah. went over to New York, and then got crazy on cocaine with Ken- oh. Kinnison and all them and then moved back to Arizona and got his life together. It took him like two years mm-hmm. where he wasn't doing stand-up and then moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. and started doing stand-up again there. Yeah. Or San Francisco. It was San Francisco. And then he moved down to L.A. But that's what I'm saying. Like, right. like there's no direct path for comedy. But you know? I always struggle with that. And I guess it's like my own arrogance. Mm-hmm. But like, I agree that it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. But I also think I'm trying to aggressively claw my way faster down the track. Oh, you should right? you definitely should try, but that does but there's a difference between like you're putting in the work, like the groundwork to aggressively grow and like oh, you just got taken from point A to point Z. Yeah. Overnight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you know, it's the iron sharpens iron thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you like if if you let's say Patrice is alive yeah. and you're hanging out with Patrice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's definitely gonna push you down the road faster. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between that and Patrice being like, "All right, I set up this show, I book the theater, you're funny now, go out and do it." You know, it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. did he just set you up to fail? Probably. You know, like mm-hmm. it's well intentioned, but it's still probably gonna happen. Well, yeah. you see it with guys like on Kill Tony. You know what I mean? Like they'll go on Kill Tony to do three, three shows and and do decent, and then they'll go out and sell out the gimmick for a weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, because <laughs> that's what happens. You know, yeah. and and that's crazy. Six months into comedy, you're selling out. Yeah, yeah I don't know how big the gimmick is, but mm-hmm. all weekend. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. for and then. You know, that's like it's like uh, a flash in the pan or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 going to get people to come buy your tickets once. There's no longevity with that kind of career, because if you Mm -hmm. haven't done the work and the time to actually build a decent set, Mm -hmm. you know, it's longer than 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You know, you're Mm going to you're going to be a meme comic in no time, you know, a clip comic or whatever. So, yeah, Yeah, it's it's the same thing. It, It. or I, not the exact same thing. It's kind of like the inverse problem of like the YouTube comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like this motherfucker went out, built himself an audience on YouTube, which is not something I disrespect. Mm-hmm. But then you brought that to a theater 
because you're like, I'm going to do stand-up comedy now. And I go like, nigga, those skills aren't the same no. at all. Mm-hmm. You know? So you see them, they'll sell out a weekend, you know, like whatever Bob is working that club will be like, yeah, we'll fucking book you. Well, here's the right way to do it, right? So my kids were in love with this like Minecraft YouTuber, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and he was he was huge. He had like, you know, 30 million followers, subscribers or whatever, Jesus right? Christ. It was huge, right? Yeah. And he did a national tour. And like, he's an English guy. So mm-hmm. he came over to America, did a national tour. <clears throat> we bought tickets to it. It was in Boise, Idaho. We drove four and a half hours ago, did a meet and greet with him and everything so the kids could meet him. That's a great strategy. Right. You do your thing in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> so if it bombs, nobody <laughs> yeah, ever finds right. out. No, he, he went Boise, all, this, this motherfucker went all over the country. Yeah. Like he did like 70 shows, mm-hmm. right? But he didn't do stand-up. He mm-hmm. did a show that was like themed for his, his genre. Mm-hmm. You know, he right. did like a show that incorporated sort of like uh, animated videos and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it was funny. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't stand up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like he took he did he found his niche with YouTube and then made a show based on that shit. He had characters right. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, if he's doing like a live YouTube show, you know, like that's one thing. And that's yeah. you know, that's like you said, that's completely different. That's yeah. not stand up. But that's he the can... way to do it. If you're a if you're a YouTube person, I feel like if you're just a guy who's like, I have a following, now I'm gonna go do stand up, you're fucked. Right. <laughs> you know, but you see it all the time. You yeah. see like you know, the various funny bones and stuff like that being like joe schmo from youtube yeah they sell out one weekend everybody who comes there goes like this shit sucks yeah and then it's like okay are they coming back i don't think so so why'd you book them (laughs) yeah like because they have followings they sell tickets that's all that matters to clubs yeah i mean them and the you know them cisco and the club got a real tight relationship yeah exactly (laughs) can i say something really funny i had to um pass Cheryl, Brian's wife, um, money because she does my YouTube clip stuff. And I was like, do I hand this man's wife, like quietly hand money to this man's <laughs> wife? Or do I hand it to him and have him do it? So it's, like, it's just weird. Like, hey, I'm just going to slide some you're, money to your wife over here. Bro, she's her own person, man. You're, you're, you're welcome to call her, give her money, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not a possessive guy. You know? no, I, I, I don't mean it seriously. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying you like, should have made it more ambiguous and just put yeah. the money in between them just to see who reaches for it first. You could have had a, a sticky note folded in to the money that said call me later <laughs> and I still wouldn't have been mad <laughs> you know I'd be like all right, all right yeah it's like the heart wants what it wants that's right, yeah, that's right. right. the heart wants money like that's I'm not a jealous person in general mm-hmm. I'm just not I don't have that in me it drives her nuts sometimes because mm-hmm. like she's not trying to make me jealous mm-hmm. but I feel like there's times where she's like you should be jealous right now <laughs> you know and I'm, I'm not you know and so uh so yeah I like I don't know because I'm under the assumption her and I've been together for 16 uh, like going on 16 years of marriage so mm-hmm. like 18 mm-hmm. years together mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying if she was gonna cheat on me I feel like she would have done it already <laughs> you know like <laughs> I was a piece of shit when we got married so yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that she stuck through the hard times like now I feel like I'm way better than I was back then you know and or 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 she like owes you some like um <laughs> some, some revenge some grief. yeah and she's waiting on the right like when we bump into <laughs> dave Chappelle. that's right i'm gonna tell him you got a small dick <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I can just picture now, like, Brian's on his, like, deathbed, and he's like, oh, baby, I love you. And, like, she just brings out, like, a slideshow. It's like, this is all the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Over the It's just all, all my best friends. Yeah. <laughs> all my fellow comics. Like, what's Kyle Christopher doing on there? <laughs> <laughs> don't disrespect your wife like that. She has better standards than Kyle Christopher. I, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that. Uh, she's just trying to maximize the damage. At that point. Like, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> He'd probably kill himself after because once you have the best, it's hard to go, you know, go do the rest. <laughs> See, that's how you can tell he's not a jealous guy, is because even in this joke, he's like, nah, she's got a good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She got that good puss. <laughs> yeah, so if either one of you guys want want to turn. <laughs> Right, I don't read, know what she charges for that, but you let me put it on my <laughs> list of topics before this gets weird. Uh, <laughs> it's already there, but <laughs> oh, you know what I want to ask you? Um, I could ask Brian, but I, he doesn't hasn't been around for as long. Um, well, I have I have on here <laughs> driving just on my list of topics: driving plus comedy, and just in terms of one of the things to make it functional. How how do you survive on the road? Uh, with a Prius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like l- no lie. So you know, we kind of touched on this the last yeah, time. Yeah, we talked about I was last here, time. But like, um, there's those little bits of it. A lot of it boils down to like just stringing things together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that way, it's like. All right, cool. Yeah, you know, like it. I, I can do this. But another little thing that I personally do is I count a lot of uh, my driving off my taxes mm-hmm. every year. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, okay, cool. I drew, drove all the way to North Carolina. Every single like receipt is in a notebook. Yeah, <laughs> ready for me at the end of the year to be like, yo, whoever's gonna audit me. Like I got this shit on lock, but like bring it on, motherfucker! Like yeah. his name is Rafiq <laughs> Samurai <laughs> Shaheen. <laughs> he but, said, "I come out of my arrest." Because we, uh, so I th- this past uh, weekend, my car crossed over one hundred and seventy thousand miles, oh, which doesn't sound that crazy. Mm-hmm. But like, I bought it with fifty seven thousand miles not oh, that yeah. long ago. You know what I mean? Is it making you nervous? Like, fuck, um, and now I gotta fix this thing. No, it's it's. Uh, well, so it, I, I bought it a little Chevy Sonic yeah. because it's going to be cheap to make. It breaks all the time, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when it does break, it's cheap to fix because yeah. it's a little Chevrolet hatchback. Yeah, I'm on the second engine. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> how? But here's but here's the thing: the the engine that's in it right now, uh-huh. I bought for three hundred dollars uh-huh. from a body shop because yeah. they they ha- somebody brought it in that was crashed. Uh-huh. So I had sixty thousand miles on it. I bought it for three hundred bucks. Somebody um, installed the engine for me. Like, well, my regular mechanic installed it for twelve hundred. Uh-huh. So for fifteen hundred bucks, back new, on the road, brand new engine. You know I mean? Well, not brand new, but yeah. sixty thousand miles. New, new right? to you, yeah, new <laughs> yeah. to me. So I mean, that car. My my intentions are is to keep a keep an eye out mm-hmm. for another one of those deals to pop up, mm-hmm. and whether I need it or not, I'll buy the engine. And drop it off in my garage, mm-hmm. so the next mm-hmm. time the engine blows in this car, I'm gonna drop a third one in it. So, that, <laughs> so you're doing the whole um, Al Bundy like, m- million miles on a yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dodge. I mean, like, but it, it's it's more of like just buying the wrecked car for sp- like spare parts. Exactly. It's just like, yeah. hey, this 
tarp, like what's this tarp in the background? <laughs> it's like yeah, it's the next car. So like. in in my garage is the original blown engine that's just sitting Why'd there. Why'd you keep it? Because there's all kinds of parts on it. Oh, you know what I mean, yeah. so like the alternators on it, the turbochargers on it, the um, I took I recently took the coil pack off of it. Like so, whenever you know, I mean, it was what did I have? There one of the plugs in the engine was leaking oil, mm. and the guy was like, oh, go back to your house and just take this specific thing off and just bring it to me. Okay. And I mean, that, having that engine sitting there has saved me hundreds of dollars, hmm. you know? I, so. I, I had something similar, like not to that extent, but mm-hmm. like uh, I had gone and got my oil changed and I was like driving to a gig mm-hmm. and like, thankfully I, I made the gig and I was on my way back and like the um, dealership had forgotten to put the plug back Ooh. in the oil oh shit yeah. so like i'm driving like from tampa or like from lakeland back towards tampa and like the fucking engine light comes on and i'm looking at that it starts smoking i'm freaking the fuck yeah, out I'm like what the fuck happened the engine because there's no oil in it. yeah and like they it ruined the entire thing luckily you know like they replaced it and everything like that but yeah. for like a couple weeks i was like just fucked yeah. They know, didn't get you a rental car or anything? They got me a rental, you know, say. but, like, again, that, well, they better get me a fucking rental car. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, they fuck your engine up. Yeah. It's like, I'm not walking from here to Jacksonville for my next show. Like, someone's got to <laughs> yeah. fucking figure this shit out. I, I got to leave in two weeks. I got to yeah. leave for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, that's, really, like, that's every one of those homeless people you meet. They're actually comics just trying to make yeah. their way. That's, <laughs> what, that's why I imagine a Greyhound bus is right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's 60% comics. comics. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I got to get to Miami. Yeah. You know uh, Spunky Robinson? Yeah. Yeah, so before he so now he's usually flying cuz he's doing better. Yeah. But um he's 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 one of the like most grindingest comics you'll ever see. I mean, he's on Facebook every week mm. with I'm flying here, I'm flying here, I'm flying. Here. I don't know how he gets all those shows. But he's also a lot older than he looks. Like when I first found out that he was like in his 40s, I was like, "Oh shit, I thought I thought he was Dorian mm-hmm. Gale the first time I saw him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, so he was taking the Megabus. Mm. You know that thing where I think it's like yeah. 10 bucks or whatever, and you just hop on it and just ride until, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Ride until you get off. Yeah. <laughs> and he was all over the country on the freaking Megabus. Yeah, I, whew, that is dedication. Yeah. Because that would suck ass. Because it's not like it's, you know, it's not like there's a banker and a lawyer sitting next to you. It's like crackheads and, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. Hey, yeah, here's the difference between my, my career right now in Chris's career in comedy right yeah. uh, when are you doing that train show uh jeez it's like a couple months like October yeah, 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 or something yeah, like October that, something like that yeah. yeah I just got asked to do a show on a bus <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I swear to God I swear to God did Duncan ask you I got, yeah. I got the same but we all got the same <laughs> 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 uh, I, lo- I love the fact that we're all like I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm in. And, but you know what concerned me? He's like, it's a double decker bus, and you're going to be on the bottom f- floor of it. Yeah. And he goes, I, I, you know, I'd prefer if you did like some crowd work and stuff like that. And I was like, the whole top of the bus doesn't no, see what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. But all right, I was like, yeah, Duncan, whatever you want. But yeah. <laughs> and that's one of those things where like it's going to be. So one of the funniest stories is Bill Burr tells it, if you're a comic listening to this, you have to Google. Bill Burr bus story. Oh, I've heard that. He does, yeah, he does yeah. a story where he um, was told to was paid to perform on a bus. He ended up actually not doing it, mm-hmm. but the story about it is just yeah. hysterical. So this is going to be the same hell gig. Oh, I yeah. hope we all do it together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much fun. 
Because at least then we can make fun of each other. We're just going to bomb miserably on a bus in Cocoa Beach. Like, at yeah, least. Because all these people, they're not, they don't know it's going to be comedy. They're just yeah. like, oh, oh we're going on a bus ride to a bar. And really? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oh, God. Well, I you know how Duncan runs his shows, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, there's a. So he brought it up to me, and it actually is true. I saw it on an episode of uh, Married at First Sight, actually. Um, a there's a bus a comedy bus tour in Nashville mm. where a stand-up comedian is on the mic at the front of the bus and they drive through Nashville and she tells you about the history of Nashville and does jokes for mm. the entire tour looks horrific based on what I saw on television yeah, <laughs> yeah but they're probably on the bus getting hammered and having a good time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's I, the whole I, thing uh believe it or not I used to do horse and buggy tour guide really yeah <laughs> when I was in high school dude <laughs> Because I lived in a town that was like a pre-Civil War town. Oh, a top hat on him. He's Amish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's the Just perfect Amish. I didn't have a beard then, though. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like 17, dude. <laughs> you could he get... still had the hairline, but not That's the true. beard. No, you, no, you no could it was a little, the... little further down. You could put curlers in the yeah. side parts of his hair That's so he right. has those curly. Put, like, put on the yarmulke. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm Hasidic. Yeah. <laughs> Just get him very Jewy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh no! I don't know. I can't even do a Jew, Jew accent. That was a Jewish <laughs> I don't know. Oh no! <laughs> he really is from the Jew. Midwest. He's never met a Jewish yeah, person in his life. I'm trying to think. Nah, my dad was friends with a lot of Jews when I was younger. <laughs> What's your Jewish accent? Oh no! That was yeah. just... Oh no! <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad he didn't go like completely off the walls. Like, oh no! Like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did it. I did it very low key. Yeah. I'm not trying to disrespect the Jews. I already have a German exchange student. Yeah, <laughs> so. that, actually, that's a good point. Like you, you see it every once in a while in comedy, but like when people do like the stereotypical like, oh, like I'm wanted into this Indian guy, and then they do like the racist Indian accent. It's like yeah. most of the Indians I've met sound British. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like, well, it, col- we we colonizers colonize everywhere. <laughs> We're in all reaches of the globe, bro. <laughs> That's why there's white people on every continent. Dude, let me tell you something. Uh, since we're <laughs> the other podcast got real racy, so we'll, we'll we'll do that with this one too. White people are fascinating mm-hmm. in their ability to not give a fuck about whoever is already there where they land. Mm-hmm. One of the most amazing things, like so I um so my I'm my family's from Jamaica mm-hmm. and we have um like a house in Jamaica and we're working on doing some stuff out there. And I was looking at all right, how how could I arrange my life? Because what I thought would be really cool is as a comic, once I get to a point where I'm like a career touring comic to where I could live in Jamaica because one thing about Jamaica is such a touristy place yeah there are flights from Jamaica to everywhere yeah Mm -hmm. so I was like what if I could move to Jamaica live in Jamaica and then just fly to New York to do shows fly to Chicago to do shows that sort of thing right and I started YouTubing going down this YouTube rabbit hole of expat moving to Jamaica Mm mm-hmm and it's a long list of fucking white people from like oh, yeah. the United States, from England, from Ukraine, from I'm like, yeah. dude, why don't oh, white people stay their so ass where a, white people are supposed to be? There's a ton of Indian people in Jamaica. Oh too. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, huge a ton. Amount. Yeah, a huge amount. Almost every store I went into yeah, yeah. in Ocho Rios was like a yeah. freaking and Indian that, dude. That, so that's a part of that history yeah. is from there was a there was a time immediately after slavery mm-hmm. where. The Brits were still there, of course, and they're still there to this day, a lot of them. Um, And they brought in Indian people to work because they didn't want to hire the Africans who... Yeah. 
you know, they had just freed because they're just haters like that. That's right. Well, but they don't want they don't it, want the uprise. They don't want those yeah, the, the <laughs> people that could uprise to have money. Yeah. <laughs> they're like Haiti was enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but if you if you want to get real weird with it, mm-hmm. like uh, today, right? Mm-hmm. I go back to Africa. I will run into Chinese people. Yeah. Oh, the, and the it's Chinese the tr- fu- they're everywhere. They're g- like and like th- this is not like a you know like cultural like uh, dismissal kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's just like li- like legit like Xi Jinping is just like yeah. so. Some of you gotta move. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but have you tried Chinese food? They're spreading that shit across the world, like, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> Did you know? Actually, like, and again, talking about weird fun back uh, fun facts from earlier, but yeah. like, Chinese restaurants in America are actually dying out. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because like, so when when it first started, like when Chinese people first really started coming to America, like it was like an immigrant family kind of restaurant. Mm-hmm. Right, but like now, a lot of like second and third generation like Chinese people, they're like, "All right, you go, you go be doctor now." And it's like, <laughs> "All right, you made doctor." Yeah. So now it's a like, oh, why, why would I run a hole in the wall Chinese yeah. restaurant? Which is I, so know? like, <laughs> I don't want to be mad, right? Because I actually knew someone like this. Um, one of my mom's friends up in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, he had uh, a cab business. Mm-hmm. And he, well, I guess, I guess, good thing now because Uber. But he had a taxi cab is one of the largest ones in Louisville, and it was a multi-million dollar business. But his kids were engineers, mm. so as he was getting older, he was like, "Well, you That's know, shit. none of my yeah, because none of my engineer kids want to run this cab business." Right. And I think people lose track of the fact that I understand you have an engineering degree, but being an engineer that works for some company versus being the guy that owns the multi-million dollar cab business, I would say fuck the engineering degree, dude, because you're actually in a much better position running the cab company. I know it's not as prestigious as, you know, being an engineer. Well, but that's something people don't talk about enough in society in general is, like, just that's how generational wealth works. Mm -hmm. Is like, yeah, your dad is the head of Microsoft or whatever, but, like, that doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Like, it's the fact of, like, your dad is in a position where you go, well, I don't want to be the head of Microsoft. And it's like, good. Here's $5 million. Go make your own thing. You know what I mean? I was, like, was going to ask, is that are you grateful your brothers are really good at soccer? <laughs> like, yeah. There's no one taking one insurance instead no, of the no, guy no. sitting behind the no, desk. No, no. <laughs> no, I mean, so the funny thing is, because uh, people ask me this all the time, and I'm like, well, you know, if my parents don't sell this business at some point, I don't know. I mean, because that's their option as well. Yeah. But... I don't care how successful my comedy career becomes. I'm always going to renew my health insurance license. Yeah. I'm always going to make mm-hmm. sure. So, I mean, my honestly, my long-term plan is to get my comedy career to a point where I can negotiate with my parents. Like, hey, I can take a huge pay cut in order to have the option to not be in the office physically. Yeah. And then I'm touring doing comedy. And then every... Because health insurance has an open enrollment. Mm-hmm. So, every year, like, during... You know, for individual stuff, it's November 1st to no January 15th. They keep changing it, but mm-hmm. that's what it was this past year. And I'll just have a window because most comics have a window during the year where they don't tour. Mm-hmm. So that'll just be my thing. Yeah. Every year I'm on tour, November, well, October for Medicare, I'll hit, you know, October will hit. I'm off the road. I'm here in the office. January 15th, everything's done. Back on the road. Mm. I mean, even if you can just set it up to 
you have one person that you can absolutely tr- well probably better to have like two people but like two people you absolutely trust mm-hmm. right where it's like all right you guys go run the insurance aspect i'm gonna be out on the road you just profit share right yeah mm-hmm. it's like i'm i'm just here in name only so when people come by going hey i need insurance it's like oh cool uh one insurance is right over there yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's that's most of like high end business to a certain extent is like after a certain point, it's like it doesn't really matter who's actually in charge mm-hmm. as long as the business is getting done. Yeah. You know. Oh, we were talking about Chinese. I want to I want to go, go back and say this mm-hmm. real quick. I found out the most racist shit. All right, and it has to do. I like. I, I told you last time I was here. I told you about this show called Warrior, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. a show about like uh, Chinese immigrants coming to San Francisco in the 1920s, mm-hmm. right? And basically like forming little like mafia gangs, yeah. type gangs, oh, yeah. right? Super good. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's the best martial arts of any TV show. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> but one of the things is is like they have like Irish cops there, and they're kind of they hate the Chinese people, and so yeah. there's they're, there's like constantly wars yeah. mm-hmm. uh, amongst the groups, right? But the Chinese people call all the white guys ducks, like that's their slang for white people is Cause, ducks. Because like mm-hmm. Peking ducks are just pure white. Yeah, or? I guess, they, but they that's just what they call them, like in the TV show, right? Yeah. And I found out that that is an actual slang term for what. Chinese people call white people ducks, right? Oh, mm-hmm. And then I realized that if you go to a Chinese restaurant, they have duck sauce. And so I looked up the ingredients, and there is no duck in that sauce. They literally, <laughs> it's white people sauce. They, they really? Just, yeah, I swear, because if you is go to China, they, they don't have duck sauce. Really? Yeah, that is a white people sauce that they only sell in America, <laughs> and it's a racist-ass yeah. sauce, man. That's <laughs> that, Can you a, imagine going into a, 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 a southern restaurant and having N-word sauce? I, I was waiting for him yeah. to, I was waiting for how he's going to word this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's <laughs> fucked up. That, that's the weird thing about, like, history. Like, it's the same thing with fortune cookies. Like, fortune cookies aren't a Chinese thing. It's an American thing. Yep. They were just like, these dumb white motherfuckers. <laughs> like, they need to believe everything's mystical. Like, here's yeah. a mystical cookie. Like, that'll be... Eight ninety five, I guess. Like the, you know the sad is, thing is, it was probably a white guy that came up with it. <laughs> you, know? you know what else is really funny about that is like when white people are telling you about like the racist plight of like the white man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck how hurt <laughs> Brian is about I the Chinese people with the duck sauce. <laughs> I just think that's. I know, silly. I know it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Y'all can call me anything you want. <laughs> There is no slang term that I'm going to be like, man, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, examples on the other end of this spectrum yeah. is, like, when I, the last time I was in Tokyo, like, me and the guy who was, like, acting as my interpreter, mm-hmm. like, for shows and stuff like that, we were we were going around this place called Golden Guy, which is, like, a bunch of bars and stuff like that, and I kept on getting into fights with these Nigerian touts <laughs> because they were specifically, char- like, targeting, like, me and the other Japanese people who were with me, mm-hmm. and, like, it was just this weird argument of, like, motherfucker, like, from one African to another, like, I know what you're doing. Like, stop, <laughs> trying, like, stop trying to scam these motherfuckers. Like, they're under, like they're with me for tonight. Like, go yeah. wait until tomorrow. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what, what were they saying? Like, we're princes, we swear. No, like... We need money <laughs> so one of the things that you run into all the time in like tokyo nowadays is like because they have an aging population they just have an influx of workers from like mm. around the world mm. so you get a lot of motherfuckers from like nigeria and stuff like that and because japan like the overall japanese culture but like especially um 
like the respect that you're supposed to observe towards each other in society mm-hmm. like that's not a problem for the nigerians at all yeah like so what you have is you have these moments of like you're walking in a group with like five japanese people and then like some like huge nigerian steps out of a club door and like grabs a dude by the arm and like starts physically pulling him into the club holy shit are you telling us the jesse smollett story (laughs) (laughs) i saw they did an interview with the two dudes that jumped in (laughs) i was like oh no uh that was a that was a rough situation (laughs) but like that like so like they will physically because the thing is like you don't in japanese you don't tell people no right you go oh I'll think about it, like, at the most. But you d- you never say no directly. Mm. Or you might go, like, yay, which is like, oh, no, I, po- I couldn't possibly. Yeah. You know, which is the reason why, like, hitting on girls over there is so weird. Yeah, they because they never say no. Right? Because it's like, do you actually want to give me your phone number? Or am I just being, like, a creep? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, and they're like, <laughs> no, no, a, no, here's I my number. A specific like, roughie yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I'm saying, what I'm hearing is white guys that are undateable need to go to Japan, <laughs> and they can't say no. Do you want to have sex? Uh, <laughs> just a boatload of incels. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Just a huge. I wonder if influx. That, that Japanese people going. Oh, it's just them buying time yeah, to figure exactly out how to like negotiate their way out of it. This took a turn for racism. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Your podcast has been doing that lately. Yeah. I told you, man. I'm it's so like, happy I was not on that Kevin Dean why? episode, dude. That's so funny. Bro, because like, I would have been Anthony Papali sitting in the <laughs> fucking corner like, I'm not part of this shit. The one white guy in the room is not going to be on the the racist battle between <laughs> Kevin and Chris. It wasn't even bad. Nah, it was, it wasn't just, yeah, yeah. It it was, was pretty fun. bad. But <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so as a white guy, why was it bad? Uh, it wasn't, man. But right. When you said, uh, when you were talking, I can't remember who y'all were talking about and then you were like this is why i think we can defend kanye and i was like oh no <laughs> dude why did you take it down this <laughs> even what you said about kanye it, it was true you know what i'm saying what yeah. you said is not incorrect yeah <laughs> but it was just like you drew a parallel that i did i wasn't like oh he's going Dang, to kanye yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, i haven't heard what it is yet but even just hearing the phrasing in defense, in defense of, of Kanye, I'm that's sure not, was, like that's never the start. Like if you ever have to start a sentence off like that, whatever's coming next is they not. Weren't even talking about Kanye, <laughs> man. It was like it was like oh, they were talking about this person, and then he goes, "This is why we can defend Kanye." And I was like, "Oh no!" I think that's what you named the episode oh, too. Right? Oh, it was uh, no, no, I said. <laughs> The, the name of the episode is Poverty is a Choice. That's right. Poverty is a Choice. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much like slavery. Yeah. No, we were talking about uh, uh, Charleston White. Yeah. Who I, I see. I don't want. Do you know who Charleston White is? No. Oh, my God. All right. So I'm going to send both of you Jeez. videos because he's this just very controversial guy who's. Oh, you got to get out of here. Yeah. I don't want you to get in trouble. You, you can go, man. I mean, yeah. You can. Do you have any uh, anything coming up? Um, so April 1st, I'm doing a feature set at Rooney's. Cool. If it's, 
I mean, I, I, I think the show is still going to happen. <laughs> I don't know about anything else. Um, uh, April 4th, I'm going to be featuring at Salty Sisters is, I think, the room name. Uh, and then on the 20th, uh, Lizette's. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, There's and, a pattern here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what I got booked for, motherfucker. <laughs> is it, is it, is it, is it you and Preach on all of them? I think so. Uh, <laughs> Brian's hating. <laughs> yeah, look, just because you didn't get it. Hey, <laughs> and Dun- Duncan likes uh, to surround himself in color. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That way, when yeah, he I says mean, the M word, it doesn't hit so hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's shades of black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then um, I think April 21st through the 29th, I'm going to be doing like a string of shows in uh, Georgia. But awesome. I, I haven't set those in stone yet, so I don't mm-hmm. want to say too much. Hell yeah, so. dude. Very That's cool. Yeah, I got to get to – well, that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which I'll, I'll – uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll talk about that after you're gone. <laughs> um, branching Wait out until he leaves. Yeah, but, <laughs> I fucking hate Rafi. <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking. That cross-eyed motherfucker. He's not even cross-eyed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, just about branching out into new states, like into completely new places where you've never performed before. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna be over the next couple, the next six months. I'm gonna be. I've already applied to festivals in Georgia, North Carolina. Um, and actually, Minnesota, I've applied to a festival. Ooh, see, you you, you got to invite me back because okay. you and I got to have that conversation. Because yeah. I, I was just talking to motherfuckers of, like, I, like, I'm trying to get new headshots and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I got to bounce. But, yeah. like, part of the thing with festival season, I go, like, if you apply to festivals, even if you can't make all of them, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you don't get in or whatever, you get rejected. If you have a crew of people... Who like all applied to the same festival? You can do shit like, hey man, we all are going to North Carolina yeah. because we're doing this festival. Uh, Rafiq didn't make the cut for this one, but Rafiq's gonna be doing like open mics or shows or yeah. whatever, like in North Carolina. We can, you know, when you're talking about expenses, it's like we can get yeah. a hotel room together. You guys go do the festival. I'll make connections out here, and then. Okay, we bounce to the next festival. We're going to New York. Well, Rafiq did make that, you know, but Rudy or, you know, like Brian didn't make that. So, mm-hmm. hey, man, you guys go head up, you know, the rest of New York while we go do this festival, you know? Yeah. And like more, I'm, you know, more comics need to do that. But there's a whole conversation I want to have with you. Yeah, okay, that. all right. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming, Rafiq. Oh, yeah, yeah I appreciate time, it. Man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah, man. Thank you, sir. Safe travels, dude. Cheryl, do you want to talk to yeah, us? Yeah, you want to get life? on the mic? No. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She'll, she'll jump over. <laughs> Cheryl but, um, Milligan, not yeah, a Cheryl comic. Not, <laughs> not related. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no relation. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm not ignoring anybody or being rude here. I just. Um, I texted you on accident. I was texting my wife. Well, no, I. I just want to, if you see my, Is there a picture of his penis in my phone? Is that what he's about oh, to tell God, me? No. Bro, if I sent my wife a <laughs> picture of it. my penis, she would be so mad at me, dude. <laughs> she would she would cut she, clips and make she, it yeah. like she, <laughs> Exactly. She doesn't want to see comedy it. scene would just be <laughs> exactly. She she don't want to see a live, much less on a photo. <laughs> 
Plus, my kids get in her phone, so. <laughs> yeah, all the Let's time. Let's see. All right. Plus, I hand my phone to other comics unlocked. Oh, really? And go, hey, will you do something for me? So yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not going to have, like, <laughs> naked <laughs> photos of my wife in my phone, so. That's right. Yeah. Never put naked photos online. Yeah. But if I you was, do, make sure you make a lot of money off it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I was, uh, so speaking about, like, going out to other states, because I'm, I'm about to start that whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, is it sucks in the beginning because you're not going to make any money. Yeah, you know I mean, you're losing, you're, just, you're losing money 100%. driving somewhere, you know, wherever. Yeah, and just hopping on shows. But the experience that I have, um, and you know, anybody that's out there, once you're confident in your set, mm-hmm. I've never been anywhere, like anywhere I've ever been, and just did an open mic, and was not invited to a show. Yeah, you know, I've never gone anywhere gone up at an open mic up in front of a bunch of people that have never seen me before yeah performed and somebody not walked up to me afterward and go hey i book shows da 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 yeah you know we want you on whatever whatever yeah now if you're trash then you know <laughs> that's probably not gonna have any wasted your money i mean i can but, say i've definitely <laughs> went out and done shows where i didn't get other shows uh, no, well, <laughs> but i have also went out like the show we're doing tomorrow the bar takes over show is yeah. because i went to an open mic and you know what is it uh, winter haven yeah you know? mm-hmm. so and now i mean we got seven comics booked on that just for a couple of us going out there and then yeah. them being like we'll book you mm-hmm. but if you're going out of state like you for instance have like your special mm-hmm. like your album mm-hmm. and i feel like you're pretty known here so are you not getting on book shows right away just because you don't have a connection there yet? Or yeah, um, and so so really really cool actually story this past week. So my um, my parents, ooh, island time on Coco. All right, so <laughs> James John is actually texting me about a show right now. He's getting that's a why gig. I'm, yeah <laughs> I'm literally in the process of booking a gig right now. <laughs> but um, I I'm trying to think. It's hard. Because it doesn't, it really doesn't matter what credits you have. Mm-hmm. Mm. A comic vouching for you is ten times better than okay. anything in the world. So funny enough, it's James John that I'm texting right now because I reached out to my parents about a house in Minnesota because my brothers are up at school there. Oh, that's why you applied for that festival. Yeah, you got a spot. So yeah, so what I'm trying to do now, my strategy for now is I'm trying to build relationships and network. Anywhere where I have a place to stay. Yeah. You know, it's where I have family and I have somewhere to stay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, New York, that's Virginia, that's um, Atlanta, that's Minnesota, and L.A. If I can, you know, stay with my Uncle Chuck. He said I could, so we'll see. That's the TMZ (laughs) guy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, So right now I'm looking at Minnesota and I reached out to a bunch of people and all I did is I went into, because everywhere has a Facebook group, Mm -hmm. and I went through and I just found... Anyone who's posting a flyer mm-hmm. of a show, mm-hmm. I then privately friend request that person and then send them a private message, which the link to my album, mm-hmm. um, plus I have like a headshot and just a short explanation of why I'm reaching out to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found that clubs are very hard to reach out to because mm-hmm. like we they always talk about, people. they get a thousand, they don't give a shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you think about if you are the, if you're the Jimmy of your area mm-hmm. right or the judd jones of your area yeah you get some emails mm-hmm. but it's way more interesting for them if they get an out-of-towner 
yeah. with decent credits emailing oh, yeah. them. They're yeah, way more likely they're to respond. they're booking the same guys over and over and over again. Exactly. Yeah, like the New Yorkers in the moon room. It's yeah. always like a big deal. You mean yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, the no, New York, the okay, New York yeah, yeah. comedians yeah, yeah. come down. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to a bunch of those people and I got a bunch of responses back because it's way more effective to do that rather mm-hmm. than just reach out to the clubs and hope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and funny enough, <gasps> a guy in Minnesota that I was talking to in my references... Um, James John is one of the references that I put mm-hmm. and he was like I know James John James John helped me get into bonkers oh, years nice. ago and what a lot of people don't know is bonkers has room all over the country yeah that's what I was going to ask yeah. where yeah. are the sister clubs for bonkers um, they're in I can pull that up they're in yeah. Vegas they're in Florida I gotta look it up it's, it's fine. but there's a yeah. go to bonkers website there's they're all over the country. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, yeah, James John helped me get into bonkers years ago, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, man, if if James, you know, vouches for you, and I got to tell James this and thank him. Uh, yeah. But he's like, if James vouches for you, then you're golden with me. And I was like, all right, nice. well, you know, here are my avails or whatever. Um, so he's going to supposed to be getting back to me. And then I'm supposed to actually be getting back to him with a bunch of Florida contacts. Okay. Um, so, so we're going to be oh, flip flopping. Exactly. We're going to yeah. be flip flopping information. Um, And then actually Nick Masick, who Mm -hmm. we did the podcast with, Mm -hmm. um, he's doing something similar and we're going to be flip flopping contacts. Because one of the things that I think comics, again, it's just a matter of working together. That's all my point is. We just have to work together. Mm -hmm. Because if you get if you get with a comic that you notice is like really running around doing a lot of work Mm -hmm. and you go, hey, let's swap all of our contacts. You can build a list of contacts really fast. Oh, yeah. Are you worried with out of town dudes though that like you're swapping with somebody who's not on the same level? No, because I'm only reaching out. Again, I'm going into their local group. Yeah. And I'm finding people who are booking paid shows. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um so at least I'm looking at somebody who at the very least on a consistent basis runs their own rooms and mm-hmm. runs stuff. Okay. Now that me swapping that information with that person wouldn't include me going blindly vouching. Vouching. Right. I would not do that. Oh, okay. yeah. But in terms of just the information, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was really helpful. Okay. But this I mean, is interesting cuz we actually the other day we're just talking about out of state mm-hmm. work and I posed the question like or we were I think both talking about it, like Donald Evans, for instance, just won Florida's Funniest Comedian. Mm-hmm. So now should be the perfect time for him to get out of Florida. That's what I would do if yeah. I want to. If I it, and be like, hey, and reach out to those people like you did, but mm-hmm. with also saying, hey, I just won Florida's funny funniest. You know, yeah, as just like a little. Well, you now have incentive. a instant credit, <clears throat> yeah, that mm-hmm. lets people know you're funny rather yeah. than. Yeah. Hey, I'm just Donald Evans. Yeah, because you know? if, if, oh, sure. if he would have if he would have won like Cape Coral's funniest comic, yeah. that's not really a yeah. But, but Florida's, Florida's funniest, funniest yeah. like I mean that encompasses yeah. you know you're one of the funniest in an entire state. Yeah. Like that's when I feel like it's time from to, there. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you stay in Florida, <clears throat> yeah. he's I, probably not going to win it again next year, right? Well, well, no. But here's the thing, though. He's so Donald Evans is still fairly new. He doesn't headline anywhere. So right. I mean, he still has a long way to go. 
before he's like, all right, I've grown as much as I can in Florida. But he's you know only I mean? going to get feature spots even now. Like, like even if he reached out and went to other places or like went to L.A. or Austin or New York or whatever. Yeah, which is true. He's going to get feature spots, which is what he's doing anyway. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. for me, I'd rather go when the credit's hot because mm-hmm. saying I'm 2023 is Florida's funniest comic or 2022, whatever, whenever he won five years from now mm-hmm. it's not the same oh no you're absolutely right you know what that. i'm saying you're right about that for sure like so you gotta strike while the iron's hot it's yeah. the same thing like kind of ties into like not moving too fast though i feel mm-hmm. like yeah because what I, if you get florida's funniest and you don't have 15 minutes you well, know here's a good example okay mm-hmm. um i went in 2016 i went and watched kill tony mm-hmm. live like in, at the comedy store in la yeah. right the one of the comics on that show was this guy Hans Kim, mm-hmm. right? He had just won Seattle's funniest comic mm-hmm. and immediately moved, or maybe even Washington's funniest comic. Mm-hmm. It was one of the two, but Seattle is basically Washington. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he immediately moved down to L.A. Gets to L.A. The first day he's there, he goes to kill Tony and does kill Tony, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't like take off. He doesn't become super successful right there. You know yeah. what I mean? Nothing. It just that was the first time he was on it, right? Mm-hmm. He spent a year, another year, like doing shows around LA mm-hmm. and consistently getting on Kill Tony. And now he's a regular on Kill Tony. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, that was 2016. So we're talking seven years later. He's been a regular on Kill Tony for probably the last five years mm-hmm. and now is a national headliner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he went down to LA, got shows based on where, you know, the credits that he had um, that he had just won. Yeah went down to a major market started getting in with the major market and doing shows that he was able to get on because of the credit that he had Mm -hmm. and it took him a few years but now he's he's where you want to be you know he's a nat he i mean he saw he just sold out madcaps like three months ago you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so i'm just saying like yeah i think that moving like because i think that if you don't move at the right time you end up just becoming a gatekeeper for somebody else. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Sure. We've talked about gatekeepers yeah, yeah. a lot, but I think but I think Don Donald Evans is far from for sure. That spot. I 100 oh, yeah. agree. Yeah, that was but Donald Donald Evans example. ten years from now still in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't no. think so. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Or even five years from now. You yeah. know, I, I like if I was him and I just won that, I'd be the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. I, Which I guess I'm also biased. I guess also because my intention is to never leave. I understand. So, I understand that. You, yeah. But you're also you're also not gatekeeping at all. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just leaving and going doing shows like like Frankie Paul is or something like yeah, that. Like Frankie mm-hmm. Paul's not like running shows here locally yeah, yeah, and yeah. not moving aside so somebody else can can take the reins. If Frankie yeah. Paul like he is obscure. Yeah. Didn't even know he lived here until yeah. we met him on the podcast. <laughs> yep. And then he just goes out from here. This is just the hub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I get. But if you're trying to be like successful and like a super famous comic or whatever, make make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's three markets you got to be in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You got to be in one of those three markets. I totally disagree, but I hear no, you. Dude, I, I, what three I, I think I what think three markets? I think L.A., New York or Austin. Well, here's here's what I'll say. Oh, here's what Austin. I'll say. Well, I, I definitely don't think Austin. I think Atlanta's above Austin. Dude, that's not fucking true. Austin is the hub of stand up right now. I, I hate doing this. Good. But go. I think I I, I think, don't like Joe Rogan. I think for white people, Austin is the hub of stand up. Okay. But the reality okay. is Atlanta has I think because of Rogan and the couple of people that have moved to Austin, it has yeah. become the mecca of white boy comics. Okay. okay. Right? However, industry wise, 
Atlanta's way stronger For sure. than Austin. Mm. So, but if you're trying to okay. break into other avenues other than stand up, yeah. because the film and TV studio has blown up in Austin. Yeah, in, in but Atlanta. that's the only reason why you move because you don't mo- you move to New York or LA or Atlanta or Austin to get into other forms of like really acting in television and that sort of thing. No. Do you think a lot of no, comedians want to do you, that? You, you, yes. Yeah. Because I didn't listen to the That's, that's how okay. you become the super famous comic. <clears throat> you Like almost no one becomes a super famous comic from doing stand-up. We were just oh, yes. So even this. if Austin is the hub, you're not going to become super famous comic doing stand-up in Austin. How you become super famous mm-hmm. comic is do TV show in LA, New York. And then you become a super famous comic or movie in Atlanta. And that's how you become a super famous comic. But bro, almost I can, nobody. I, I know you're going to give me Tom Segura. I, no, no, no. Because Tom, Tom is, you know, he he made it to a certain point and then started doing television and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. But Joe List and Mark Norman and. Uh, but didn't Joe List come from Last Comic Standing or one of those? Uh, I'm not sure about or that. Or no. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, there's a bunch of, like, Shane, Shane Gillis. Like, he, he's, I mean, he's he's a less good example because he, he actually got onto SNL and then got kicked off of it mm-hmm. before he even started. Mm-hmm. So just that controversy kind of blew mm-hmm. him up a little bit. But, but I also think none of those people you mentioned are household names. But I you're, think you're right, but they're yes. making millions of dollars. No, no, I understand, but you said you started this conversation with super famous comic. Okay, but, but this but is you close, can be super famous and not be this is a household name. Also. Close to the conversation that we were just having the yeah. other day, because I had questions for him to ask Dean. Yeah, because he said that he did, you know, acting uh-huh. and also comedy, and that was my thing. Like, <clears throat> I feel like it's easier to break into movies. Mm-hmm. And TV, mm-hmm. um, but for comedy, it's harder to break into, but easier to like break through. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because like comedy is all about connections and stuff, and movies like it's you have to have a specific look. It's like who you know more, and so that was kind of our thing because we were just talking about this the other day too. That's so weird. But those people that you said, I know Joe List, maybe because I'm with you, but famous comedian and known comedian, I feel like are two different things. When I mean, you think talk about, about famous comedians, I'm thinking like Dave Chappelle, Sebastian Maniscalco, Seinfeld, right? Yes. Not like these little named all, people. All of those are like the superstars of comedy. Yeah. But okay. I think that there's a, I think there's like, I don't know, maybe 50 of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then there's a, another thousand guys right behind them that are nationally touring comics. I'm so that make, glad mm-hmm. I have someone here who argues thou- with you on a regular basis. Thousands of do- dollars. And I think, I think that you, that are not, you know, killing into obscurity like we talked I about. I know, Dean. but you said but super famous. You started the conversation super without super being an famous. Actor. Dude, Joe List, Mark Norman, those guys are super famous. They might not be in every household, like well known for everybody, mm-hmm. but they are out making millions of dollars. No, on yeah, the road. yeah, absolutely. And there's something to say about you're famous enough to go out and make several With million no dollars. Film you're famous or TV? No, no credits. Like they just did it through stand up because they but were that's in the a harder path. Way harder, <laughs> way harder. But yeah. but they and were longer. in a yeah. big ass market like New York, mm-hmm. and all of their friends started blowing up around them, and then okay. they start they so started what, going hold on. out. So what you just described mm-hmm. is they were on the coattails of somebody who did film or That's television. What we talked about, but okay. it's still it's still rooted mm-hmm. in film and television. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I'm not saying that, that that's not, but I but where this all started was that you don't have to be in one of the three markets mm-hmm. to like actually you like make a huge living at this and mm-hmm. I think that you're wrong. I oh. think I think that I think that you can have a hub like like you in Melbourne, Florida, mm-hmm. but I think in order for you to to achieve the like it, I think if you make it to a point not I think when you make it to a point where you're headlining all over Florida, mm-hmm. I think that you're going to peak in that point and then it's going to be like in Florida. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be you having to go to one of the major markets and get in with the guys that are up there that are successful and they start well, taking that is only, he would win too anyways though that right? is yeah that is only if social media if i completely fail at social right, media right right so I'm, my I'm, thing I'm is i'm not considering the social yeah. media aspect of it but that's the yeah. biggest that's, thing that's in the true. world that's right true. now yeah. so if it so the funny thing is is if you ask the people that are higher up in stand-up yeah their thing is they'll actually tell you that back in the day you did have to move mm-hmm. but because of social media you don't mm. So what you'll see That's now think about that. is a lot of the comics are now actually moving out of those big markets. A lot of them, what they do is yeah. they'll move to New York or L.A. for like a five-year window yeah. to get connections, connections, yeah. and mm-hmm. then they leave. Yeah. But those connections are connections in film and television. They're not just stand-up connections. It is also stand-up mm. connections, though, because yes. like you said, when you're going into the clubs in other country or in, in other states, mm-hmm. it's important to have somebody that can vouch for you. And if you if you go to New York for five years and you get in with Louis, yes K, and no, yes and no, because if you have so you got the Trump card, social media Trump card, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Trump it trumps everything. Yeah, it, it does. none of that you're, stuff matters. You're, you're right. So, for example, you know who Ryan Davis is? Yeah. So Ryan Davis. <laughs> is now he's now filming he's currently in the process of filming a special Mm -hmm. right he did insecure which is a television show Mm -hmm. you know but he was the guy standing in front of his closet on instagram yeah you know talking about current events Mm -hmm. and he got so big at that that whole system of you got to move to here and do this is he just bypassed all of that shit you know Mm -hmm. country wayne do you know country wayne is he's is he the guy who just did the improv he's like Um, a hillbilly guy no, he's okay, a no. black dude. Uh, no, but he okay, does. Okay, okay, so, no. but Country Wayne, he has an Instagram story series mm. where, like, the characters in his so so like he's like, it's actually kind of about it. It's really goofy. It's about his life. Mm-hmm. So he's this famous comic, and he has like his kids, and his kids have like these girlfriends, and he's trying to like date different women and stuff. But there, he does these as he was doing these as Instagram reels or stories, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And they had recurring characters. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you're watching a sitcom, mm-hmm. thirty seconds at a time. Yes, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Just clip, like just like, clips mm-hmm. of like, yeah. a, a, like like one, one scene, scene. exactly yeah. Yeah, from yeah. a sitcom, right? Yeah. And what was happening was people would just sit and watch it and watch and, and scroll to the next one, to the next one, to the next one because yeah. of how it's structured. The mm-hmm. view count is insane because hmm. once you watch one. Well, what happens? Yeah. Then you click sw- swipe to the next one. Yeah. Oh, well, what happens with the kid now? Swipe yeah. to the next one. Oh, his girlfriend just broke up with him. So you yeah. swipe to the next one. And he created this thing, right? right? Country Wayne is all over the country doing huge things. And I don't, I don't see him ever having a stand-up special because he's not that kind of he's not that kind of comic, right? But I also feel like you're talking about specific outliers, you know? Like, I think the majority of comics that even have, like, a 30,000 following mm-hmm. you know i don't think that they're gonna have the same level of success as somebody that no but i think i think that number 
is right around a hundred thousand. Yeah, that's where I think that number is. That's like, w- that's when you you have fuck you followers. Yeah. So <laughs> so my one of the people that I recently just again reconnected with because I hadn't seen him in years, mm-hmm. Jake Rica. Mm-hmm. Right. If you look at Jake Rica's following and what he's doing on social media, mm-hmm. if he chose to tomorrow, because I think he's he's creating these films and all this. Well, not film a television show and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So he's not bogged down, but he's just focused he's on that. Right he's stationed right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If tomorrow he said, I am going on a national tour, I am going to, kind of what JP is doing, I'm, in, I'm injecting commercials from my own tour into my content, out to my 100,000 plus followers, and I'm going to tour the country. Mm-hmm. He would be a nationally touring headliner overnight. He would have no problem doing it. Well, I'm interested now, to see how JP's show goes. I, yeah. I my problem is I want I really want to go to that show at mm-hmm. the improv. Yeah. I've never been to the improv. So mm-hmm. I, really? I yeah, I've never never stepped foot in that place. I gotta go. But I'm doing Milk District that night. Oh. I, that's it. Well, I don't want to tell you to. Oh, I'm not gonna miss Milk. This is my first time in Milk oh, District. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The Dumas so, District. But Dumas I might Dumas be able to just do it and then go over there. Because I'm already gonna be in Orlando. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I might try to do that. That'd be a good so, idea. Are you gonna go to that? Yeah. Okay. Well, if if I'm available, I don't even know what date it is. <laughs> it's April thirteenth. April thirteenth. Yeah. Let's see where I'm at. April thirteenth. Maybe I shouldn't do this on the podcast. Where yeah. I'm <laughs> You're right. Yeah. On yeah, the yeah. podcast, so, going through my calendar like a weirdo. Um, but I am really curious to see if I can do that. Uh, nope. I'm at Snappers. Ah, oh, shit. Where's um, Snappers yeah. at? Snappers is this. Um, well, there's two locations. I'm doing the Palm Harbor one. There's one in Fort Myers and one in Palm Harbor. Palm Harbor. Palm Harbor is south, just south of Tampa. Okay. Yeah, really cool club. I've been trying to get in there for forever. Oh, I'll be yeah. the guy that owns I've it. heard of Snappers. Really cool. Yeah, I just no, really cool club. Th- but there's a more than one, right? Or is it yeah, there's, there's two. So okay. He, so the guy in the that owns Snappers, he uh-huh. just bought recently bought um, the oh my god the Laugh In Cafe. Okay. In Fort Myers, so he's now rebranding it, and they're both going to be just two separate locations of Snappers Comedy Club. Oh yeah. So he's in the process of. I guess sort of a madcaps thing where he's now turning Snappers Comedy Club into a franchise that he's going to now open multiple locations. When are you doing madcaps, by the way? When's your headlining? Um, let me see. Da, 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 da. Oh, I know what I can do. I can just search. Let's see. Boring. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just it's like I'm a weird joking. moment of just... <laughs> Um, July seventh and eighth. So he said I could bring one person. So if you want to come, yeah, yeah. Okay. If, it, well, I know, I know. Eugene said he wanted to go too. So, but I, I will definitely go. Yeah. Even if somebody else goes. Okay. Okay. So, right. I, like, you can put me down as a hundred percent. Okay. Whether and I get I'll put on that Eugene night down as a thirty percent. Yeah. W- whether he comes or not is yeah, yeah. Ir- irrelevant <laughs> to me. Because if I if I'll just go and hang out. Yeah. You know, if if anything, mm-hmm. because I mean I know how that goes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just showing up with you like. Yep. It's like you want to do you want to do a set? Like, yeah. yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've done mad caps before too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but it was it was like my first month in, and yeah. I'm like, Fuck, oh, what you a, did not a good one. Really? <laughs> yeah, I went up there. With, remember well, that was well, little, they have open mics and stuff. I, so well, they they didn't, and, and then they did. Oh, a, I was totally thinking bonkers. I was like, no, you didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> mad caps. Yeah. So okay, yeah. they didn't have an open mic when I started, mm-hmm. and then a month in, they go, we're gonna do a Wednesday night open mic, and then they did it for two weeks. Oh, and right. I happened <laughs> to go to the first one. Yeah. And and then I didn't go to the second one, and uh, like Erlacher, a couple other guys did, and they kept doing madcaps after that, Mm -hmm. you know. 
but I had such a weird show my first time mm-hmm. that I was like, I'm going to give it some more time. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Erlacher's offered to bring me up there a few times too. So mm-hmm. like he's another guy like him and Adam like each other a lot. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll get up there eventually, but if it's with you, I'd, I'd rather do that. Cause okay. you're, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're someone that if, if, if you're riding with you, it's, <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> it does, dude. I mean, just like, like when we went up to beaches yeah. and, and just, I mean, I'm just sitting at the table with you and Michelle Keith comes up. Oh, do you want to do a set? Like, yes, I do. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then afterwards finds out like, oh, you've been doing this five, five months. months. <laughs> I feel I like she, she did just assume because you were with me that yeah. you were like a more experienced guy but it made me wonder like was she upset at that you know like <laughs> oh well maybe i should have asked it first yeah. you know or whatever i don't know but yeah but uh, pretty good yeah it did all right yeah it was it, it was, was not yeah. it wasn't like i went up and like bombed the whole show or no, anything. no. and like i will say the guy who went up after me ate Ooh, way more shit than i did dude <laughs> oh i had i had like a five minute set i had like maybe a minute that was like a little a little sour, but that guy bombed <laughs> for about five minutes. <laughs> that's why I want. That's why I like to. A lot of times, I like to judge my set, not necessarily. Well, partially judge my set based on the other comics on the lineup. So, like, if I'm on a lineup yeah. with Dean Napolitano, yeah. and this has never happened, but if I'm on a lineup and I bomb, and I'm like shit, and then Dean gets up and Dean bombs, I'm like, okay, so it's the environment. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So for you, <laughs> you didn't have the greatest set. But then somebody way more experienced than you came up after you and just Bam. completely ate a dick for the entire time they're on stage. Yeah. So you should definitely feel good about that set. But, but I also feel like uh, I wasn't like doing I mean, I was doing crowd work then, but I wasn't like pivoting to it if, mm-hmm. if needed, you yeah. know. And I feel like now, like, I don't know, man, I feel like I have my, the the number of sets that I have that are bad are just getting less and less. Yeah, and less. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so. That's that's like growth in my opinion. Even yeah. though like my oh, material sure. is not necessarily growing as fast as I want it to, mm-hmm. just the level of sets that I'm having, I'm not you know I'm not always having like the cr- greatest killer sets, but they're not bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like they're middle middle to good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so uh, that's that's you know. But that's we're also the, mostly still working on. Yeah. Mostly you're just working things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when I go, yeah. I mean, open mics, I try to I try to just work out new shit, mm-hmm. you know? And that's like still like 60% of what I'm doing is open mics. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I try to make sure that I'm getting value from those, even if it's like, I mean, you went to Winfield's. Like yeah. that was a shit <laughs> it's show. A, it's a the, 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 oh my va- God, it was so fun. But the value <laughs> I get from that is, is a train wreck. But the yeah. Va- yeah, exactly. But the value I get from that is watching a bunch of other people bomb and me going up and not bombing. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Like yeah. even in a room where it's like, it's a shit room and nobody's paying attention. <laughs> like, well, in my set, they did pay attention. I love this advertising for Winfield's. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, it's our, it's our uh, copper rocket. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's, but it's sh- really fun. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a it's a hot mess, but it's fun. Yeah, it's because, a good time. And what makes it really yeah. cool is that Muggsy's, which is a great mic, yeah. Yeah. is the same night. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's not like you're just coming out for a shit show. <laughs> True. You're coming out to do a great mic mm-hmm. and then travel across town yeah. and do Get a shit humbled. show. <laughs> yeah. At, yeah. You know, which it's it what it, what it really is, it's our um it's our Tirdenog. Yeah. Which you yeah. haven't been to yet. But, no, I've, uh, I've been oh, so you I, did? yeah, I did. I, I killed it here. Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. There was eight people there. I murdered. Yeah. <laughs> Eight people. There, there was. It was like eight yeah. or ten people. True. I'm not including Rudy and Matt who were there, which yeah. I mean I was there with them, you yeah. know what I mean? 
And yeah, I murdered, and then Matt Glidden came up right behind me and murdered. And then yeah. all of the Daytona comics came up to us right after Matt got off stage, and they were yeah. like, "Dude, y'all are funny as fuck." Yeah. Like I was like, "Hell yeah," <laughs> you know. Which is, so. I, man, I'm I'm excited. Like I keep I keep just saying you know this over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. But I think our little scene. You know, people are starting to understand what we got going on. Oh, here. it's a con. Yeah. I'm, I, the open, the Orlando open micers. It's so I, good. Since that Winfield's night, it's an yeah. open war. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. It's, uh, I'm constantly Ryan J. I'm constantly talking shit to that dude. Like, well, you know, you, it's because you're an Orlando comic, dude. Yeah, yeah. If you were a Melbourne <laughs> comic, you'd be much better. And the thing is, the thing is I welcome that open war because yeah, I yeah. think it. I think it just makes everybody better. It's friendly. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm. Yeah. I am sometimes going, oh, you're you're not funny because you're from Orlando. Yeah, it's it's all love though. Yeah, it's yeah, jokes, yeah. you know, and they know that. Yeah, so. and it's and it's the kind mm-hmm. of thing where like, and and that's the <laughs> that's the type of hater that I am. Yeah, like I am an absolute hater. Mm-hmm. But I will book you on stuff because yeah. I want you to succeed. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't <laughs> but it's, it's like Eugene. Like I shit on Eugene all the time, but I make sure wherever I can help him. Yeah. You know, yeah. And but, he does the same thing for me. So, so, but like when we do, like, like when we did uh, social distance last week, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I like doing those shows because it's a bunch of people at my level and then like you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I look around and go, okay, did I have the best Here's set? Here's where I fall. Yeah. Yes. Did I have the best set? Mm-hmm. And if it's no, was the person who was better than me, Chris? <laughs> and if the answer is yes, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So if I have the second best set of the night, yeah. you know, on a set where I'm or on a show where I'm at the same level as everybody except you, mm. I'm totally comfortable with that. That's You're fucking, like, that's a win. Did I break up a Canadian marriage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. That's, I, I guess we have to tell that story now. <laughs> she just, like, added him on... At the end of the night, the nanny yeah. was like, oh, Canada needs more comedians. Come visit us in like Winnipeg, Winnipeg or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have a finished basement you can stay in. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I was drunk and I was like, what is going on? All right, so, so really quickly, so everybody understands this story. Um, also, because <laughs> I, I know it's pretty much all comics listening. Come to social distance when you see it, the flyer out there. Next because week. it's, it's next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Not this Wednesday. The next it's Wednesday. The third yeah. and fifth Wednesdays. I think it has the potential to be the next open mics. What open mics was. Ooh, it's so good. So good. Um, yeah, because it's a, it's a huge room space wise. April 29th. Okay. Or April, not April. Mar- uh, March 29th. March 29th. All right. Yeah. March 29th. If you're listening to this. Come to social distance in satellite satellite beach, right? Technically, where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same um, plaza as Beachside Retro. Same plaza as Beachside Retro, just up up the room a little bit, right next to the strip club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right next to the strip club. But it actually has a decent audience yep. that's mm-hmm. coming out, um, and a bunch of comics, and it's just a really nice room. And I see it, I, I just see it growing. Yeah, I see yeah. that room being, you know, like again, Duncan yeah. getting back to a well, open mic style. Duncan room. said to me that he might try to make that an every week thing. Which I, I, I hope so. he does. Yeah, because it's, it's so, so good. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and really we need good. like oh, we need like a Wednesday. Yeah, so we need sure. something on Wednesday. Yeah. And if it's that, that's I mean that's well worth going out to. Yeah, you know, like I wouldn't go out to Winfield's alone on a Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, social distance like that Absolutely. being the only show of the of the night, I'll be yeah. there every Wednesday. You know. So. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out because Wednesday's the night where I want to do something, but. But Mondays think, are available. Yeah, Mondays are available as well. Because I'm trying to, I don't. Anyway, so we're <laughs> we're at this show, and there's three people at a table, 
Mm-hmm. It is this. No, it's four. Four people. Four. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you, you tell. I was gonna say. Let me tell the beginning. Okay. And then you tell the end because because right. it, it, it's it relevant. With you. It, it starts with me <laughs> so and good. ends with you. Okay. So I'm on stage. I decided I watched like eight comics go up and bomb with material. You know, there was like one comic. I think feel like Matt was the one that like had a decent set. Yeah. And there was a bunch of people just going up. And so I was like, I'm just gonna go up and talk shit. So that's what I did. I, I just started with crowd work. I started working the tables and I finally get over to this table of four. Right. And it's a old uh, there, there's three chairs on one side and three chairs on the other. But on one side, it's a young man, a 50 year old ish uh, lady who's like blonde and pretty good looking. And then a fat white guy <laughs> not doing her justice. She was gorgeous. Yeah. she. I mean, she. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah like, not so even just for her pretty, age. Yeah. Like, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. a pretty no, lady. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then. And then across the table is a lady in her 60s, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. who is not gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also need to mention. So no. so I look at the Canadian lady, you know, like the the better looking one. And mm-hmm. I start crowd working her and I go, hey, uh, are, you know, are you ma- I'm confused. Are you married to the guy sitting next to you? And she goes, no. That was the other thing. She's sitting next to the guy. Yeah. She's the wife, sitting in between and the, wife the husband is sitting and the across. kid. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The wife's yeah. sitting across the table from her husband. Yeah. So, you know, so then I start going off. And it, the, the wife immediately goes, that was our nanny. And I, or I was like, no, I asked her. I was like, are you dating the younger guy or the older guy? Yeah. You know, just out of curiosity. And yeah. she and the, the wife goes, that was our nanny. And I was like, and then I immediately was like, did you take your, you know, the boy's virginity? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. she was like, it was two or he was two. And I was like, so did you, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just start going off on stuff like that. And I never brought up the husband. The kid is now it. 21, by the way. Yeah. The kid's yeah, so a grown man. drinking, grown man. drinking yes. alcohol. Yeah. So, and then I think I went into like, uh, you know, are you still a virgin? Cause if you are, then, you know. <laughs> You know, and so we, I was just starting the fi- family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then you and then went Christopher up, fucked like, the whole night up. <laughs> you went up like three people after me. Yeah. He ruined a marriage that night. And, and you can take over the story because I don't remember exactly what All you right, said. So, <laughs> I don't remember exactly because I went up. You weren't talking you, to her at all. No, that's right. That That's yes. why I went so hard. Yeah, because she started. Because I wasn't speaking to her at all. That's mm-hmm. right. I was talking to the table next to them, yep. mm-hmm. and she yelled out something. I don't remember what she yelled out, but she yelled at some something at me, and I turned my attention attention yelled, to that table because oh, you were talking to Gary and his girlfriend who wasn't giving it up. Yeah, and then <laughs> she yelled right. out. Oh my! All right, all right. So she, Gary- how am I drunk? I was the drunkest <laughs> shit that night, and I remember. And she yelled, "We've been married twenty six years." Or that's some what bullshit. it was. So Gary, yeah. So Gary's this guy that's there with this. I again, like that you've changed this guy's hashtag name to Gary. names. Not his Gary. Name's Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? I think it's actually Robert. He looks Robert. Like, he looks like a Gary. <laughs> she called him Gary all night because she was hammered. She's like, he looks like a Gary. <laughs> but Sorry. yeah, Robert was there with this girl that he's like trying to date, and they've been friends for like six years. Yeah, and, and she was much better looking. Than oh, him. she was way gorgeous. better looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, but I think he's a better looking guy than you realize under that mustache. <laughs> that mustache I really was do. atrocious. Oh really so <laughs> horrible mustache. The fact that I was eighth comic up and I was the first one to mention how silly this dude's mustache was, <laughs> yes. made me angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I started talking to them, and I do this. The funny thing is, maybe I'm letting go some secrets. I'm not that good at crowd work. It's just that a lot of once you get more experience, mm-hmm. a lot of the same motifs like happen. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that thing where some guy is with some beautiful girl 
and they're just friends mm-hmm. yeah and they're out at a comedy show i'm like you realize a comedy show is a date yeah like this is a date yeah right if it's just the two of you yeah at a comedy show like bitch you are wasting his time yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. who's paying for the she drinks who's paying drinks. for the drinks <laughs> yeah. exactly so i whenever i come across that situation i have like a whole in my back pocket i know if that's the situation yeah. i have a whole list yeah. of topics i'm going to talk about and how i'm going to shit on her and make it really uncomfortable but the audience is going to be cracking up yeah because yes. i'm i'm either ruining their friendship <laughs> or starting their relationship yeah. that's what this, i hope we got gary robert laid that i really night. do i really <laughs> yeah. do yeah so i'm talking to them about like you have been going over to this girl's house building ikea <laughs> furniture and killing rats for <laughs> six, six years, years and you haven't gotten a blowjob or something <laughs> like that i said and she was like <gasps> <laughs> and in the middle of that the woman just screams out we've been married 26 years <laughs> and i was like wait to who because again i look at the table yeah and it's this man with two age-appropriate women and then this very very young guy mm-hmm. and i turn mm-hmm. and i go wait to who and then this the story starts, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. She was You're our the, nanny 22 years she ago. She was our nanny 22 years ago." And I, my immediate again, my just immediate reaction was, "Nobody hangs out with a nanny 22 years later." Nope. Like, so y'all are swingers, yeah. And she's your third yeah. that you travel around with, <laughs> and she has sex with you and your husband. Yeah. Yes. And oh, that was so funny. <laughs> and what was funny is the wife, instead of just laughing it off. <laughs> like starts to engage more and it's yeah. like no 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 it's just our nanny and she's then she said something friend. yeah she's my best friend and you know what if i'm not enough woman for him more power to oh like she God. turned I it into, she turned like, into a fight she yes. turned it into like a serious thing yeah and then i ended up having the whole conversation with them out loud yeah to the point where the um <laughs> The 21 year old guy who's sitting there next to his nanny yeah. is looking at me like, dude, relax. Like, <laughs> this is turning into a, like, a legitimate thing where they're upset. And the I, waitress brought them shots to try yeah. to calm them down. I'm like, how is that going to calm it down? And the funny part was, is I kept. <laughs> I'm such an asshole when I think about it because I kept going back to them. Yeah. So like, I <laughs> well, was, once you get that information, it's yeah, hard it, not it's to. It's hard not to. So like, as I, I kept talking, I kept talking to like other young people, like mm-hmm. in a relationship, like that are like dating and stuff. Yeah, the spring breakers. Yeah, the spring that. breakers and all that stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, if you guys, you know, find somebody and get married, who knows? Twenty two years later, <laughs> you could be hanging out with your nanny at a bar. <laughs> like, I just kept bringing it back to the nanny. The other thing too is they were on vacation. Yeah. So none of those people live here. That's the other thing. Didn't yeah. didn't the nanny well, live in a different country she lived in canada in canada so she came from canada to florida to visit them. and they came from wasn't it scotland or something no like no that? no the guy was irish oh, but they irish. lived in like minnesota, minnesota. Or something. Yeah. okay so 22 years later you guys take family vacations together with yeah. your nanny yeah. while the kid is a grown-ass <laughs> man just yeah. sitting here at the table yeah i was like no you guys are what well, i said something like you know he was take she was taking care of the baby and the husband's dick like or something yeah, like yeah. that <laughs> and it just it just turned and again every the whole room is dying yeah but the no. and, 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 but the wife even actually truth be told everyone in the room except for the wife and the nanny and i think the son because mm-hmm. those three 
I don't know. I don't know if they knew some information. Because the dad, right? the husband was laughing the whole the time. Whole he thought time. it was hilarious. Even yeah. when his wife was visibly getting upset. He didn't he's give a laughing. shit. Yeah. He the laugh. yeah. <laughs> left and went to the next table. Oh, okay. No. The <laughs> wife wouldn't even look at her. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was for real concerned. My favorite thing was as soon as Chris gets off stage, all four of them are sitting in different parts of the room. None of them are sitting yeah. together anymore. I even walked, like Cheryl bullied me into going and talking to the son <laughs> because we wanted the scoop. And I walked up, uh, you know, I did the whole, like, hey, how, how you liking the show? Blah, blah, blah. Like trying not to talk about it. And then I go, hey, is everything okay? <laughs> He's like, yeah, why? Well, then remember, the husband walks up to us. And he goes in his in his Irish action. He's like, "Yeah, you know, some people don't understand comedy. It's lost on some people." Yeah, and yeah. he's talking about his own wife. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, at, so at, at, there was a point where we were all sitting outside after the show, yeah. and then uh, Cheryl had to use the restroom, and I went in with her, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of walk halfway to the bathroom, and she she keeps going, and I'm standing right next to the the husband, the son, and the nanny, right? And they immediately just come over and start bombarding me, you know. <laughs> and and I was like expecting them to kind of be angry, but they were like, "Oh man!" Like the 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 nanny, nanny kept going, "You're so, you're funny. You're like you were our favorite tonight." Blah blah blah. And then the husband is also standing there, and I look at him. I'm like, "Hey man, I'm sorry if we caused you any controversy. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, we're we're trying to have a good time." And he goes, "Oh no!" I was like, "He's like it's fine." I was like, "Yeah, but your wife seems pretty mad." And he goes, "She's always fucking mad." He's <laughs> like. I, I make her mad every day. There's something that she gets mad about all the time. You can't you can't judge whether the show is good or bad on her. <laughs> on <anger>. her being <laughs> mad. Because <laughs> you know? well, the funny part was is is and this is even before we all went outside. Yeah, he comes up to us and he's telling us the story of how they ended up hiring the smoking hot nanny. Yeah. And how he was like, you know, are when you she, sure? Yeah, he, he told his wife, he was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" And he was like, "As long as my wife's happy is, is okay with it, I'm ecstatic." Oh my God. She's smoking hot, and this was 22 years ago, and this woman's still around. Yeah. There's no and she way. still looks. Well, I can imagine just as good as she did before. Yeah, I mean, there's. Oh my, I, 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 I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist. There's no way he hadn't had sex with that nanny. It's For sure. No. I think they both. I think they both did. Even yeah. though he was a fat Irish guy, he had a lot of charisma. And you had, know what you, I mean? You like can he, tell he has money. Yeah. Uh, a, just having the accent school. and the money. He, yeah. 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 And the fact that again, the fact that you had a, a nanny back in the 1800s or whatever. Okay. <laughs> but if he, this is what doesn't even make sense about their little story is like. They said that she was the nanny when he was two, and he's twenty one. Like, did she only nanny until he was two, and then she hasn't nannied him for nineteen? Well, she only years? nannied for a year. I think she nannied what? him. Yeah. I think she nannied him until she got caught fucking the husband, <laughs> right? And then, right? They separated and then reconciled their friendship. And now they hang out and try to forget <laughs> that ugly history Bro. until some until big black comedian. dude on stage <laughs> yeah. is like, there's Satellite no beach. way you didn't fuck that nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, I couldn't even imagine that. Like, if my wife cheated on me, and then 20 years later, I'm hanging out with her and her, the guy she cheated on me with. There's no, f- I would beat the, de- I would beat that dude to death. I'm no, you wouldn't. You're not jealous. I'm not, but that, I mean. Th- that's a different situation. That's not even jealousy. That's just disrespect. Principle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I also think, I'm telling you, I also think a part of what it is, is just from talking to him and talking about what he did for a living and all that other stuff, you can tell he's very successful. Yeah. And I think it's one of those situations where at that level she was her his wife was like yeah whatever mm-hmm. like yeah he's 
hitting the nanny on the side or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who See? cares? My rich Enough husband. Money. I have this lifestyle, whatever, whatever. That's right. yes. As long as it's like, as long as it's a respectable on the hush thing. Well, how much yeah. money does that take? And, uh, <laughs> not that <laughs> just, much. Yeah, just not curiosity. that much, right? like, uh, 500,000 a year. Uh, yeah. But I think, and then I think, again, I think the idea is everyone lives their life and doesn't bring it up. Like it's, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a Weinstein secret yeah. where everybody knows and everybody shuts it's, up. Yeah. It's like Catholics. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and then you go to a comedy show and the comedian just screams it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause if, yeah. cause if that's their, if that's their like freaky little household sexual situation and just everyone's quiet and everyone knows, but everyone knows never to bring it up and they yeah. just move quietly. Mm-hmm. And then you travel halfway across the world and some random dude on stage is like, well, clearly this is what you guys are doing. <laughs> yes. It upsets the whole yeah. <laughs> you know, balance. Well, here, here's yeah. what the audience should learn. If you're not a comic yeah. and you got relationship issues, you shut the fuck don't out. go to a fucking comedy show <laughs> because that out. shit is going to get, get aired out. Well no, well, no, but honestly, if they never said anything, That's true. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have said anything. But I went off a little bit. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was just on appearance alone. <laughs> yeah. you gotta just, on, just on the well, way hello, they were, where they were sitting the at the table. Why wouldn't the husband be sitting by the wife? That's weird. That's what I'm saying. The nanny was the one the next wife, to him. Yeah, the wife and the nanny of their best friends. Why aren't they sitting next to each other? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what happened. I think yeah. I think the son and the husband sat on one side of the table. The mom sat on the other, and the nanny came and sat by the was husband. like, oh, "I'm gonna yeah. come sit in between the two dudes." Yeah, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I think there was already animosity. Because then there. at the end of the night, what didn't the wife tell him to fuck off or something like that? I think she said that to the nanny. Oh That's really? What, yeah, yeah. Because you were standing behind me, and you go, "She just told her to fuck off," and I was like, "No." Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, I read her lips. She just said it." Yeah. And then she went off. and talked yeah. to the regular guy that comes in there at the table. And next the wife to it. went and sat by the gambling machines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah that's right. <laughs> that's the classiest. Yeah. That's that's how classy this bar is, guys. Yeah. <laughs> There's nickel slots behind in the, the yeah, behind oh the pool God. table yeah. and the <laughs> slot machines. <laughs> That's so, so yeah, I, I I had no intention, but like it's I don't know, it's weird. I, I I've said some wild shit to people on stage before. Yeah, um, it's I've never had it go bad, mm-hmm. but after I get off stage, because like I said, I, I my metaphor is like that Unleashed movie. Yeah, where once I'm on stage, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no filter. It well, I mean, there's a slight filter, but it's very loose. Yeah. yeah, I'll say anything. Yeah, like I did a um I did a contest actually. That Duncan had again over in Satellite Beach, mm-hmm. and um, it was a <laughs> there was a whole table full of young couples, and I started talking to them. Come to find out, they're all um, Space Force. Mm. You know, the, the men are in the Space Force, Space and, Force. and their wives, uh-huh. right? And I was like, "How old are you guys?" And they were like, "Oh, you know, like I'm 19, I'm 20, whatever, whatever, whatever." And I was like, "Man, you you guys got married really young." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Man, oh, I get it. You girls are clever." So, you know, the, the troopers stop by <laughs> to give you the bad news and cut you the check. And then you get to live the rest of your life as a rich woman, <laughs> a single rich woman, right? Which is me making a joke about their husbands dying, dying like yeah. in yes. war, right? And they died laughing. <laughs> the funny part is half the room 
was like, oh my God. <laughs> but the people I was talking about yep. died laughing. Because yeah. like military people have six senses of humor. Bro, mm-hmm. by the way, nobody's dying in the Space Force. <laughs> 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 Until they're the aliens sit- get here and then all on, of them yeah, are dead. Exactly. <laughs> they're sitting at the fucking base playing Halo right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, Which is just practice. Yeah, it's for just practice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then I won the contest and they are the people that voted for me to win the contest. Uh, the people who I suggested your husband's going to die in <laughs> war and they're going to come cut a check so, so do, have you done a lot of comedy com- contests like that i hate them now yeah i just don't but like, w- when you do that do you typically do crowd work no you just um, do material yeah no yeah i just do material it, it was it, it so contests are weird because there's a lot of politics that goes into contests um and it's ve- it's you almost never come across a fair one. A fair one. Yeah, it's mm. it's yeah. almost impossible. Well, I did. Fair mm-hmm. one. I I inadvertently did a comedy contest in Winter Haven. Yeah, and uh, that's the one I told you. There was like there was six finalists, yeah. and four of them were Brevard comics, and yeah, two yeah, of yeah, them yeah. were Winter Haven comics. Yeah, and then the top three was me and the two Winter Haven guys. Yeah, and spoiler alert, the Winter Haven guy won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was also, well, like, if you go through, like, the Laugh Out Lounge posters, yeah, like, yeah. those two dudes are on all of them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't at Laugh Out Lounge, but it was close enough there yeah. where, like, <laughs> those dudes are on all of the big shows. That, They're the guys in Winter Haven. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, th- like, I, honestly, just being on the same stage as them mm-hmm. in the top three, yeah. that was a it's win. Good, yeah. That was a win in my book. I'm, sure. I'm six months in. These guys both been doing it for years, you yeah. know? And and definitely like guys that they they go oh we, we like them so, so we book them with headliners like national headliners at Laugh Out Lounge and shit so I was just like all right I feel like I'm even though I didn't win I felt like I won yeah because mm-hmm. you know it was twenty dollars that yeah. I didn't win I didn't <laughs> give a shit about that you know for me it was like oh okay I'm on on a stage with two guys who are doing it yeah. and they're doing it way bigger than I am mm-hmm. and I'm still being recognized with those two dudes yeah I remember. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I remember, and this this goes to show about the Brevard comedy scene a couple years ago, and how how there was like only a couple comics. Mm-hmm. Duncan was having a comedy contest. I don't remember where it was, but he was having a contest, and I was on my way home from somewhere, mm-hmm. and I had left my wallet at home. Somehow, I'm really forgetful, so not somehow. It's pretty normal, <laughs> and I was about to run out of gas. I was like, dude, I I have no wallet and I have no gas in my car. Yeah. And I'm driving home and I was like, wait a minute, Duncan has that contest. Like I can go win fifty bucks. Yeah. I pulled in and I was like, I'm just gonna go in and get this fifty bucks. <laughs> and I went in, won easily, and then put the fifty dollars worth of gas in my car and drove home. <laughs> I kinda wish we had some more of that shit though. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I feel like that would create a nice hierarchy for our scene. It does. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it keep it keeps people kind of in line of, okay, who's who? But which is a part of the reason why I want to do and again, this is just my own selfishness, but I want I want some of our mics to have uh like a closing set where there's somewhere where comics can practice long periods of time. Yeah. Because one of the things that I don't think people realize in terms of creating that hierarchy thing that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is you take something like pineapples where everybody's doing... Five to seven. Like five to seven, right? Closer's doing 15. Closer's doing 15, right? Yeah. If you have a strong 15, Mm -hmm. you feel like you're up there with everybody. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. I have an hour. Yeah. But how would you know that? Yeah. If you know you haven't. Yeah. There's nowhere to differentiate mm, yeah. what people are doing, and I think it's important 
for new comics to see people that are amongst them in their own sort of scene that can do because I mean I think to me it would be so cool just as a, as a fan of comedy to have a place where like a Frankie Paul because he is local mm-hmm. on a night when he's bored you go he just hour. pops in and does 45 and yeah. the whole scene of open mic comics get to watch a local who's 15 or no Frankie Paul's like 20 yeah, something years yeah, I think game. almost 30 because mm-hmm. he yeah, said yeah. he started he he in 1992 is when he started only solely making money on comedy. Oh, shit, yeah. So he's 30, he's probably 35, Yeah, so you know, yeah. 40 years. So, yeah, it was a couple of years of yeah. doing it before that. So. Yeah, so, I mean, to have somebody like Frankie Paul who will just stop in, mm-hmm. pop so, in, mm-hmm. and the locals can just watch him do an hour. You so know? what I will tell you is that there is a show on the horizon, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I, I'll talk to you more about it after, Yeah, where... It's going to be like 10 to 15 minute sets for all the comics. And then you'll have like a half hour closer Mm -hmm. that's coming up. And that's going to be at least once a month, possibly more than that, depending on how it goes. Okay. So, and it's a, it's a, uh, from what I've seen, I've not been in the place, but it's a good setup and they've Mm -hmm. done comedy there before. And so Mm -hmm. I I think, uh, and and it's going to be a book showcase type Mm -hmm. type setting not not like a open mic at all so Mm -hmm. and that's that's coming that's on the horizon i i i thought it would be here by february but Mm -hmm. the problem is the people that own this place are also building and opening a a second place Mm -hmm. and so they're like right in the construction process all that so i think they're not trying to like take on new stuff you know Mm -hmm. but uh, eventually that's coming too so yeah i got i'm so i'm working on something similar okay that should be coming again yeah in the new and i and i want to look at the calendar and because one of the things that we i think we need to do a better job of locally is having paid shows yeah having paid shows for sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then number two strategically using our calendar Mm -hmm. because now there's so many mics now in Brevard where now we got to start being careful about stepping on each other's toes. We're about to, yeah, we're about, well, no, I will say the, the couple of guys like Jimmy and Duncan and, and Alex, yeah, they are, I don't think that they're working together, but they're not working against each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But like the only issue we've had is Winfield's and, uh, yeah, yeah. And Muggsies and I think we've I think we've slowly worked that out by yeah. just everybody staying at Muggsies yeah. <laughs> until it's time yeah. to go. Well everybody then, just stays there anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. But that was the thing. Like yeah. you know, it was at first. In it was normal shows you do trickle out though. But, so but think about it right now. If you think about it right now, if we were to add three more mics right now, where would they go? You'd have to negotiate. You'd have to make sure right. you would that have, you're moving you'd them have around. To step on like uh like Cody's show up and Coco on a Sunday, Saturday night, yeah, you know, or mm-hmm. uh, mon- Mondays and Wednesdays right now are that more majority open. Like we yeah. have that social distance every once in a while. Yeah. So if that became a weekly thing, it would just be Mondays. Yeah. Or you'd have to have a show close enough to another v- event where you can shuffle over and it not be too big of an upset. Exactly. So so we got to be careful. But yeah, that's yeah. nice yeah. having two in one night. But also. At least for like Muggsy's downtown, because it used to start at six mm-hmm. and then six thirty and then seven. And even now with the time change at seven, it's still bright as hell outside. Yeah. And so people just aren't walking it, in until like seven fifteen, seven thirty. I mean, the place packs out, but yeah. They're trickling in like right mm-hmm. when it start like right after it's supposed to start. Yeah. The only two shows that we have that are not paid shows that just every week 
yeah. is, is pineapples and mugsies they just pack out yeah you know mm-hmm. I, uh, and you know that eats duncan alive <laughs> the mugsies thing man i feel yeah. bad for him yeah you know, i really do like like because mm-hmm. because he ran that it show for a just while switched over yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like then he, all of a sudden he shut it down three months ago and yeah. now it's back up and it's booming but also yeah. part of the problem is three months ago the less. scene wasn't what it was yeah, yeah because so just, literally the timing was we like, literally were like oh shoot there's a show at Muggsy's. We should go. And that week, there was something going on, and he couldn't go. So then he called to find about out about the next week, and they were like, "It's no more." Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Oh shit, what I, happened?" I almost started at Muggsy's. Like, oh yeah, your first show. My first show ever would have been Muggsy's because I had just joined the Brevard or the Space Coast comedy scene page, mm-hmm. the group mm-hmm. that you had to be let into. I had just gotten in. I literally posted in the group like, "Hey, is there any open mics locally?" And mm-hmm. nobody responded to me, <laughs> Chris. Yeah. And then, <laughs> wow. And then, uh, and then uh, we went to a Friday night Beachside Retro show, mm-hmm. and then the same week I saw Duncan post in that group on a Wednesday, like, "Hey." I have a show at Muggsy's. It's it's filled out. I just need comics. There's no comics here. Like, please come, you know? Yeah. And I almost went that night. We were doing something else, mm-hmm. and it would have been me showing up, like, right at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And that Sunday is when I started at Beachside Retro. Wow. So mm-hmm. it was literally, like, it was. It, I, I almost started the Wednesday, and I feel yeah. like things would have been so much different. Weirdly enough, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would have been way different yeah. if I would have started at Muggsy's because the fact that I started at Beachside Retro introduced me to Jimmy yeah. and Jimmy was like, when I first started, he was like putting me out all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. even on like, like my third set ever was at Pineapples in front of 80 people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's well, a daunting third set. Then, yeah. Jimmy's so. really good about giving opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as you're willing to, work but i feel like I if think. duncan would have been my first avenue in mm-hmm. it would have been a little different like duncan will still put you on a lot of things like yeah. he's he's good about booking shows and he mm-hmm. has a fuck ton of shows you know yeah. but duncan doesn't have a pineapples yet yeah you know what i mean so yeah. like so that's why i think social distance could be could social di- so that's definitely what, so that's what we be. that's what we mm-hmm. talked about as i was like because because again duncan built up the biggest open mic melbourne's ever had yeah into like a paid showcase and all that at, at yeah. open mics yeah and actually i was talking to duncan the other night and i was like social distance is where you rebuild that energy yeah because it's it's the perfect i mean because if you think about it social distance like packed mm-hmm. is bigger than pineapples yes yeah you know yeah. and it has a it's not much bigger, but it's it not is much. Little, you but probably fit bigger. another twenty you people could fit in there. More. Yeah, no, I, I think pineapples he, does standing room and social distance. You can fit way more standing. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think if it was standing room, I feel like you could probably fit like one hundred and twenty people in that room. Yeah, and I also think that I just think social distance has a has a more rowdy energy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that room packed out would be a wild show. Even at yes. like the, I mean, I, I'm assuming the first time we went there, there was probably like fifty or sixty people. Yeah, or no, no, no. The first time we went there, there was like thirty or no, there was 30. thirty or forty, and I feel like this last time there was like forty or fifty. Yeah. And it still felt packed. You yeah. know what I mean? It yeah, did. It just, just felt. I remember <laughs> I was there at 630, mm-hmm. like for this past show. Mm-hmm. And Duncan was there and he goes, yeah, because he was like, hey, if you guys want to write or whatever. And I'm always like interested in other perspectives and stuff. Yeah. So uh, so we went like I got there at 630. We immediately went out to the back patio area and just hung out there. I never yeah. walked back into the venue. Yeah. And I was like, there was like, 
I don't know, 10 people in there yeah. when I when, at when the I, bar. Yeah, at the yeah. bar. They yeah. were all at the bar. <laughs> yeah. And when I walked b- back in at like 745, mm-hmm. the place was fucking packed. <laughs> I yeah. was like, this is great. I thought yeah. we were going to have like another, yeah. you know, just like, all right, this one's not going to be as good as the last one type situation. And it yeah. ended up being better. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I think it, it'll be it'll be really good yeah. as that stuff continues to grow. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's just I think it's cool that there's. I don't know. I'm just excited about what's happening. I wish I, think, I could flash forward like a year from now. Yeah, I think it's just gonna be, crazy. be like a spirit <laughs> yeah, yeah. watching what's yeah. happening in the yeah. area. Because I think Duncan's gonna have a couple rooms. Jimmy will have a couple rooms. Judd will have a couple rooms. You think Jimmy will still be here? Yeah, I okay. think. Um, I think Gregory's. The only thing Gregory's man, I wish Gregory's would just do some, just advertise differently. Yeah. Because um, I think we should, and I, I wonder if we should reach out to them. I think we should. Um, just in terms of apparently they well, have a Thursday shows now. Like yeah, might, well, so they they had also Carmen. Carmen's running the Thursday show. Well, he's bringing he's doing the host. Uh, he's he's booking it. He's I'm, booking the host. So the Thursday oh, oh, okay. That's so it. The, he's not booking the, the Thursday show. Isn't the same feature and headliner as the Friday and Saturday show? No, it is. So it's so okay. okay. So yeah, yeah, that's pre- what I thought. Pre COVID, Gregory's was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday run. Right of the same same show. Yeah. Right. Um, after COVID, everybody just the numbers dropped so much mm-hmm. of people coming out yeah. that they went to Friday, Saturday. Right. Okay. So now they're going back. So this is okay. they're not adding; they're just going back to pre-COVID. Right. right. But I haven't um, even seen any advertise. Uh, like I didn't even know. Yeah, Somebody Gregory's, told me Gregory's advertises on their website and on their Facebook page and stuff, but it's not like um, it's not local advertising. Yeah, it's not like a bunch of local advertising. It's in in their like window. And they right. could so get their all fans of, see it. Yeah, but they, yeah. they could get all of the tourists. Like, how many people go to freaking Coco? Yeah, you I know mean, what I mean. So I like, because I mean, I I think if if Gregory's was using the type of advertising that Judd and Jimmy do, yeah, yeah. From social media, I think that club would be packed every single Thursday, Friday, oh, Saturday. Yeah. But they had they pay a social media person. That's what I don't like. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Rudy, because Rudy used to run that Wednesday show. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that when he posted things, he had to send it to somebody else who posts for them. Oh, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I'm talking out of turn here. Well, maybe they just post, but they don't run ads. Yeah. Like maybe they have an employee. And they're not sharing it in the community or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But they do, they do, they don't like the, I don't know the lady who runs that, Mm -hmm. but. She's not doing it. Yeah, yeah somebody else. Yeah, is doing somebody it. Okay. else. So, All right. yeah. So Gregory's mm. is booked through a company called Funny Business. Mm. So when you so the the host is booked by Carmen. Mm-hmm. Um, before I don't remember who was booked by before. Why do they separate but, that though? Um, well, because who locally can do what Funny Business does? I mean, Funny Business books headliners from all over the country over. okay so, so funny business is an actual booking agency funny mm-hmm. business actually and I, I meant to apply for it this year i just missed it um mm-hmm. they have their own comedy festival up in i think michigan mm-hmm. um it's a national company that books comedy clubs and rooms all over the country mm-hmm. um so gregory outsource gregory's outsources booking mm-hmm. to them okay um which is a part of what makes it's not a part of it's a it's a big part of it's the main reason why there's this sort of separation mm-hmm. between Gregory's, which is kind of our our local comedy club, yeah. and the local comedy community. Yes, because mm-hmm. they don't book local; I'm they book outside of the state. Me and Rudy, where I like, I'm I'm not counting you and Jimmy. Yeah, I, outside, in the open mic world, yeah, Rudy and I are the only two that have done it. 
Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and I did it because Rudy was running that show and yeah, yeah. I showed up because Eugene and, and it was Cam on a Wednesday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. he was like just needing bodies on stage yeah. to fill the time. And again, yeah. the worst bombing I've ever had was in Gregory's. Gregor's. Yeah. yeah, that was <laughs> That's fun. a lot of people's experience. Oh, man. But it sucked because the lady who runs the room was sitting at the bar watching me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? so yeah, I just hope she doesn't remember me. It was good because you learned a lesson to always go prepared. Even yeah. if you're yeah. just going to watch a show. Mm-hmm. Wear your jeans, wear your closed toe shoes, and yeah. have a set ready. I went just up in, in sh- case. shorts and flip flops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just going to watch. Yeah. I was, yeah. I yeah, did yeah. not. He'd been doing it for like a month. I got or mad two? at Jimmy, actually, that <laughs> night because Rudy invited me. Mm-hmm. He goes, because Rudy actually booked me at Gregory's. Yeah. Like for a show. Yeah. And, but it was like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, we're actually doing one this week if you want to just come. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I said, yes, we'll come out, right? The day of the show, Jimmy hits me up and he goes, hey, man, you should probably come tonight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll be there. Yeah. Not, hey, man, you should probably come tonight. Because you're probably you going to get on get stage. might get on the show <laughs> yeah. if you come up. Like, yeah. And I, I, I kind of was like, hey, man, that was, you know, like yeah. you didn't set me up for success here. And he goes, hey, man, you know, I didn't want to get your hopes up, yeah. <laughs> you know, like because it wasn't no, there was no guarantees. He's like, but yeah. if you show up, a lot of times you go up. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I've seen that happen enough now where I don't, Just dude, I don't, if yeah. I go to see Tom Segura, yeah. I'm going to fucking wear <laughs> my show ready clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No chance I'm getting on that stage, but yeah. I'm going to be ready for it regardless. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, the reason why I, 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 I want more, um, local stuff to happen i mean more of the local comics to have like a relationship with gregory's mm-hmm. is because personally i love gregory's yeah i love that room because it's it's an old school comedy club mm-hmm. it's you know it's the setup is so cute yeah. i love it it's yeah. like when little I, two people tables all around when it's i have 15 cute. minutes i'm gonna try yeah. to host i'm gonna try I to get like host yeah. spots up there. because i mean even just even in the way that it's run you yeah. know that it's it's booked by somebody out of state yeah. they mm-hmm. send you an itinerary um, you know, I'm local, so I never needed a hotel type of thing, but they do have their partnered with the hotel right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, there's rules, you know what I mean? You're, you're in front of, yeah. you know, middle-aged people with a certain amount of money. Cause it's a, it's a somewhat expensive steakhouse Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed, you know, you're not up there doing rape jokes, rape jokes and, you know, cocaine jokes, that sort of thing. It really like to me, Gregory's is a room that separates the open micers from the comedians. Yeah. Anybody that I hear go like, oh, I hate doing Gregory's is like, hmm. That's because you're an open micer. That's because you're an open micer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, I mean, I mean, granted, even for, it's it's tough even for uh, more seasoned comics because it's, again, it's just, you just have restrictions. It's more mm-hmm. fun when you don't have restrictions. But once you get to a point where you can comfortably walk into Gregory's and be like, ah, I got it. Yeah. Then you can really work any comedy club in the country because yeah. now you can, you can do your shit jokes and fart jokes and you know whatever. Yeah. And you can get dropped in front of yeah. serious older people yeah. that are like, man, I paid to see this, and you know this young kid better not be up there, you know, talking about shit I don't understand. Yeah. Or yeah. being an asshole because I already don't like millennials. You know yeah. I mean? Right. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a question though. Like, so when you do a fifteen-minute host spot at Gregory's. Back when I did, it was twenty five minutes. Yeah, I know, but now yeah. it's fifteen. Yeah. But in the twenty five minutes, was the sh- the host spiel up front included in that time frame? 
Uh, like yes. the you got to fill out comment cards. You this well, is the there's no comment card. So okay, Gregory's, well. it's like you know, hey, welcome to Gregory's Comedy Club. I'm your host, Christopher Robinson. Yeah. Um, quick set of rules. Um, you cannot smoke on the balcony here. If you do need to smoke, you need to go all the way downstairs. You cannot take your drinks outside. We will get in trouble. Yeah. Um, so please, if you need to go outside, leave your drinks at the table. You know, the bathroom is around the corner. Are you guys ready to have a good time? I'm your host. Okay. So it's boom. really 30 seconds like, of yeah, your time. Yeah, it's a okay, boom. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I was wondering. Because if it's like and that's a, how many times I've done it, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can tell. Like, you, you had it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> but if it was like two or three minutes of host spiel, yeah, I could yeah. do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I I, yeah. I think I could do 12 and comfortably. what I love about Gregory's also, again, it separates the open micers from the comics. Gregory's, they are brutal about the time. Yeah. If they, if again, you are, they send an itinerary yeah. that you agree to. Right. And if you are a feature... You are doing thirty minutes. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you are a headliner, you are doing an hour. Yeah. If you are a host, you are well. Now it's doing fifteen minutes. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is a demand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So again, it's not for those people that are like running around doing twenty minutes and they think that you know because they have a really strong twenty minutes, oh, I can feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. You, if you come to Gregory's and you say you're doing a half hour, your ass better do a half an hour on the dot. They light yeah. you or you need to Um, So usually the host will light you, but also in Gregory's, there's a there's like a broom closet <laughs> that's right next to the stage. And from the stage, you can see inside that closet, but the audience from where they are, they can't see inside that closet. Mm-hmm. And there's a big ass clock on the wall. Oh, that's nice. nice. So when you get up there and again, be, again, because it runs like clockwork. You know how most comedy shows, it you know, uh, the flyer will say 8, and mm-hmm. the show will start at 8.30, 8.45. Yeah. Yes. Gregory says 8, start and if eight. it is 8.05, the owner's like, hey, 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 what's going on? Let's Why go. haven't we started? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. is like, like, I just, it's so professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else around here yeah. that you can get that, mm-hmm. all right, I'm a working comic mm-hmm. because I'm in a room that has demands of my language, mm-hmm. of my timing of you know how i dress all of that kind of stuff yeah like i did <laughs> i felt bad i didn't even know he was coming i should have told him i was there i think the first night um it might have been the first or last i don't know that cam um hosted hosted yeah, yeah. and he came up there in his white t-shirt and flip-flops yeah and as he came up the stairs the owner looked at me because i've worked with them a bunch she was like what the hell is this yeah and i was like <laughs> don't worry he's really really funny <laughs> Did he really do well funny. that night? No, he did well. Okay. It was just funny because, again, his thing is the T-shirt and the flip-flops. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't that environment. Yeah. I've never this noticed is, that he wears He wears slides. Slides. slides yeah. 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 It's yeah. A different. Does he wear socks? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He wears socks and slides. Yeah. I've never noticed. But yeah. Gregory's- That's a, a pet peeve of hers. Like, yeah. Socks and flip-flops. Socks and flops she, is disgusting. Yeah. She, yeah. She, but I, Cam's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't- um, Yeah, I, I don't really go to Gregory's without hard-bottom shoes. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's. I don't do any shows yeah. when I'm not in some kind of yeah. closed toe shoes and jeans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't. It's just a very different. Like like even like I wear I wear long sleeve t shirts. I don't wear regular t shirts because just a long sleeve t shirt just looks a little bit more, you know, whatever. Yeah, I haven't got yeah. that far yet, but yeah, I, yeah. I'll be there eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. I will. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like rocking the same black shirt yep i have a, i have a uniform that yeah. way I don't have to think about it. It's like if I'm yeah. going on stage, I'm wearing this. I mm-hmm. like that because yeah. like. A lot of times I'm just looking for a graphic tee that's not Star Wars themed (laughs) (laughs) because I had a couple Christmases where like that was what I got, you know, Mm. and so I have a ton of like Star Wars shirts and I'm I'm like, at first I had a joke 
referencing why I was dressed that way. Mm -hmm. And now I don't really do that joke anymore. So yeah. now I'm just like, all right, I need to find something else. That's but when like, you go on paid shows, you don't wear that. Yeah, he I typically nice, wear a, a yeah, collar yeah. shirt or something yeah, like collar. that. Yeah, like because I'm I'm trying to be professional. Yeah, mm -hmm. so which is tough for me because I am a degenerate piece of shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like yeah. flip flops and shorts. That's, yeah, that's my mm -hmm. comfort zone. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, but I, I yeah, mm -hmm. I, I like the diversity that Gregory forces comics into. Yeah, because it's like you have to be able to you know move in different environments. And that, I love. I love that though. Did you crowd I'm, work? That I'm room? all about efficiency. I I I, yeah. I learned crowd work a lot in a lot of ways at Gregory's. I, I mean, I really, I old school pizza is yeah. where I developed the skill. Yeah, and then once I got confident enough in my ability, yeah, then I was able to go to Gregory's, and Gregory's is where I was like, okay, now I can really do this. Well, mm -hmm. so I think the difference between you and I crowd work obviously is experience, mm -hmm. you know, but like how you said that you see patterns in people, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and then you have five jokes for whatever that is, yeah. you know, I am literally just going up there off the cuff mm -hmm. and just talking shit right now. Yeah. But I have, which is why what you're doing is dangerous, but it's fine because you're not at a place where, you know, yeah, it's, I, you but know, I'm it also, matters. I'm not saying things that are super inflammatory. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I'm not yeah. up yeah. there pulling a Kramer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I through that am getting little jokes mm -hmm. that definitely work that yeah. I have used more than once exactly. in crowd work. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I just don't have the stable of jokes that you have. Well, you also, know? well then also, and again, this is inside baseball. Yeah. If you see me at any show, mm -hmm. I walk around before I go up. Like yeah. I, I might spend a half an hour. And I do that just too. Wandering yeah. the room. Yeah. Preloading pre jokes. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I have a couple things that I know are going to hit hard. Yes. I do in that in my well. back pocket. Yep. Then, so like when, um, I mean, I think the last time we did pineapples, I don't know if you were there. The I wasn't. Was that was you killed oh, okay, for 10 okay, minutes. Okay. Yeah. I've, <laughs> what, I've, dude, it's like a legendary set, apparently. I've, really? I've <laughs> had five different people talk to me about that set. Really? Dead serious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the last, I'm, I'm assuming it was the one you did before the like probably yeah, Kevin yeah, yeah, Dean yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, five different people have talked talk to me about that set. That's hilarious. Yeah. Because I, all right, so then I can't really tell you because you don't know what happened. No. But I went up there with like five jokes in my back pocket that I'm like, when I say this, it's going to murder. Yeah. And then all you do, and again, this is a technique I learned from Dean, mm -hmm. is, so as, to me, what makes Dean so great Imagine somebody who's better at crowd work than I am mm -hmm. with all that material you saw. Yeah. So he can, he's, if he's on stage, yeah. he's killing. Yeah. He, no if, matter what. If, yeah. If this doesn't work, he can swing into that. If yeah. that doesn't work, he can swing. Right. His mm -hmm. material is incredibly strong yeah. and his crowd work is incredibly strong. He's tall, handsome, charismatic. Yeah. So, I mean, he is just a machine. He's it's, a dreamboat. It's awesome. <laughs> 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 he's so likable and just like chill. Yeah. Like it's, Everywhere I go, people are like, that guy's awesome. Yeah. Which is why I try to emulate somewhat of his style of crowd work. Yeah, yeah. Because what I learned from watching him was he you have your preloaded stuff mm -hmm. and then you go, All right, so this table right here, I am going to start a conversation with them, knowing that I have this thing that's gonna kill with them. Right. But I'm gonna just start having a casual conversation. Yeah, you don't first, you don't go off and on not that just going off into See, it. See that's mm -hmm. where I and then up. as as the conversation goes so like I had that joke about the well yeah you don't know. So I had a joke about the dad was wearing like a sweater around his neck. Uh-huh. Right? And I didn't talk to the dad because I knew I was gonna get to the dad. Yeah. And that's where I wanted to be where the joke was. Right. Mm -hmm. I started to talk to the son. 
And I asked the son, like, what's your name? And he's like, Nico. And it's like a super white, white boy. Yeah. And I was like, your name is not Nico. What the fuck is your white name? <laughs> right? <laughs> and he was like, Nicholas. And I was like, exactly. Your name cannot possibly be Nico. You're the richest white boy I've ever seen in my life. I've never even seen someone that's rich enough to where his father actually has a sweater tied around his neck. I thought that was, I thought it was something they only did in cartoons. right? <laughs> and when I switched, again, it looks like it's a spontaneous thing. Right. I'm just having yeah. a conversation with this kid and I made this off comment about his dad that's like hilarious. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. I The only reason why I'm talking to the kid yeah. is because I want to get to my joke about the dad. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And it just, it flows so much better when you start it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. And Dean is, again, that's how I learned that skill. I always thought people were just up there being geniuses every time they did crowd work mm-hmm. and I just, I'm just not smart enough to do it. And then I watched Dean and Dean would have a thing he'd want to say and he would start a conversation over here and they have no idea that he's about to jujitsu them into this joke that he's already had planned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And that, like, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, it's hilarious to me that I, that people are like excited about that set. Yeah. So that's, that is where I falter. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're I, so my, new. My crowd, brand new. But my crowd work is always strong. Yeah. Like if I decide I'm going to do crowd work, it's all, it's always some of my best sets. Like yeah. always. Yeah. And so, but, but we've, we've made this connection because that's what I like about Cam. Mm-hmm. The audience thinks that he's just doing like talking to somebody, but no, he has the same set every it's time. The but same they don't thing. realize, yeah, right? He he's is. just <laughs> finding someone that fits that mold exactly. in each crowd. Yeah, exactly. So, but my thing is like, so I'll preload jokes mm-hmm. occasionally. Like mm-hmm. the, the only time I haven't preloaded jokes was social distance. Mm-hmm. I didn't that time. I literally, I'm just gonna go up and talk shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, the only thing I saw there was a at the bar there was like a young guy and an older lady and they were all over. That each was other. the one. <laughs> that's the one. The stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Are you on a date with your stepmom, bro?" Like, <laughs> she was so much older. That was the. Only, I happened to yeah. go to the bathroom and walk by them, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "That's weird." That's yeah. the only thing that I had in my head, though. Yeah. Right. And I, and I to be t- to my credit, I didn't even start with them. I yeah, hit yeah, them yeah. like fifth. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, uh, but. A lot of times I'll go up with like five preloaded jokes mm-hmm. and I'll get them out right away because yeah. I don't want to forget them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that the the merit is is what you're saying. Take it slow. Like yeah. build to to that and use that as the punchline yeah. where you can you can get laughs building up to that. Yeah. Because it's also weird if you and I've, and I've done this before um and made learn that lesson actually at pineapples is one of the ones where i learned that lesson mm-hmm. where if you have these preloaded jokes and then you get on stage and you're like hey my name's christopher robinson roast 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 these people yeah they're like who the fuck who's this asshole yeah we're yeah. like he just jumps on stage and his whole thing is to just be mean to us you know yeah. what i mean because they don't they don't have a relationship with you <laughs> oh, yet yeah. oh There's, yeah i've seen that yeah absolutely you know who and i hate it i'm like you're being a fucking dick like yeah and I know the person, you mm-hmm. know? So, and to me, is when you get up and you, it, it's sort of the same thing about how if you're going to do dark jokes, mm-hmm. you want to make them like you first yeah. before you swing directly into the dark jokes. Crowd work is kind of the same way. Yeah. You want to make mm-hmm. sure you develop a relationship with them before mm-hmm. you go. So, I always, so again, even though I know I have this crowd work stuff, yeah. I always open with my, I look like the three day weekend thing. Yeah. Because that gets mm-hmm. a big laugh and it lets them know. Yourself, I'm making fun of myself. It's not me yeah. being an asshole making fun of you. We're mm-hmm. all in this silliness together. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I start a conversation. And then once the conversation goes to where, and usually I'm good enough now to where the even the initial part of the conversation is funny. Yeah. And then 
boom, yeah. this thing that I know is going to hit hard hits. Yeah. And then the audience is like, holy shit. <laughs> and then I start talking to the next person and that conversation yeah. like starts to go. And then I know I have something else in my back pocket. Yeah. Boom. boom. And then yeah. the important thing of having those pre-planned crowd work jokes is if your crowd work is starting to fizzle out and it's starting to get shitty, yeah, because it absolutely will. Because you know sometimes you just talk to people and you just don't think of anything yeah. in the moment, yeah, yep. and you're just kind of up there floundering. Yeah, and if that starts to happen, yeah, I'll start a conversation with my final table where I know I have something strong, yeah, yeah. and that last joke is how I get out of the crowd work. So yeah. a lot of times people yeah. will see me and they think, especially at pineapples, because this is like the pattern that I do at pineapples all the time. Yeah, is like they think Chris just Chris can just do crowd work for hours, like it's just. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. No, a lot of times when I stop, it's because I see the petering out coming yeah. and yeah. I have my bailout joke. Yeah. I do that last bailout crowd work joke and then I go into material. Yeah. And I usually the rest of the set is just material because yeah. I, I, you know, I, I ran out, yeah. you know. Now, usually that ran out point is like eight minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, that's, that's how, so this is Brian's thing is like he is very good at crowd work, but he doesn't have the finesse that somebody with your experience has. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he'll go up there, you know, for, like, three three minutes and be killing it with the crowd work. But he doesn't have a way to then naturally get back to his jokes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, a hard difference. Because when you're doing the crowd work, you're very relaxed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it goes, okay, fun time's over. Joke time. Yeah. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. You know? And that's something that, like, I feel like a lot of people that's do. Just but experience. you need to work yeah. on. That's just yeah. experience. Because yeah, yeah. you have to... You, you can have to, work it in. Yeah, you have to get so comfortable on stage mm -hmm. with your material. Yeah. Because the thing about crowd work is it feels organic because it is organic. Yeah. And then the material feels mechanical and repetitive because it because is it mechanical is. and yeah. repetitive. My problem is not the repetitive nature of the joke. It's mm -hmm. that I change my jokes quite a bit because mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure them out. Yeah. So a lot of times, like, I'm uncomfortable with my material because I... I'm like just trying to remember the new shit that I wrote for oh, yeah. or something like that. But you I, know? again, that's just a, that's just a time in. Yeah, it's experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So once you've done it long enough to where you on stage is really comfortable. Yeah. Because like one thing I use, I started out doing, and I'm going to start going back to is sitting down on stage. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fun sitting down on stage. Um, Shout out to Jay Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he loves it. Yeah, you yeah. know what, though? I had a good conversation with him because like he said he likes it because one time he was doing a show like i don't know miami or something i have a bad memory but um the electricity went out mm -hmm. and they didn't have a microphone yeah, yeah, yeah and so he was like what do i do with my hands and so he was just up there like all awkward mm -hmm. because he didn't have a microphone to hold yeah and so he had to like get used to at open mics he would like challenge himself to do it without a microphone mm -hmm. Because what if you are in, what if you get put in that situation? What are you going to do with your hands? I do like a TED Talk, just expressive thing. I'm an expressive yeah. speaker anyway. Yeah. So but I, I was like, I oh, that's a really that. good point that I think a lot of open micers would never even consider mm -hmm. needing that skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should keep going, dude. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like two, two and a half, half hours. hours. Yeah, all right. We, uh, <laughs> so uh, next weekend, I know I will be in Panama City um, for two shows and then Following that, let me see. What do I got? See, my calendar's all the way out in the middle of the Okay, here we go, here we go. Yeah, so I got Panama City coming up this weekend. And then next weekend, I'm at the Eustis Florida Comedy Festival. Um, yeah, and then after that, 
I don't have anything until Snappers, which is April 13th weekend. What do you have going on, sir? Uh, tomorrow night, I'm in... Uh, I almost said Savannah. Uh, I'm in Orlando <laughs> at the Savoy. That's why I almost said Savoy. Savannah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm at the Savoy starting at 8 o'clock. Um, and then next Thursday... Or not uh, this Thursday, so the 23rd, I'm at the Boardroom in Cocoa Beach. And oh. then uh, Brian Milligan Comedy on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have anything, Cheryl, no. that you'd like to... Well, because you run the Brevard Comedy Scene page. Yeah. I do. I Yeah. <laughs> I do. Oh, you know what? Actually, I'm the only one should, that runs it. We actually should plug for real all the comics out there. Cheryl does clips. Oh yeah. And if you want text oh, added yes. to your clips and all that other stuff, professional looking True. clips. Yeah. Yes, I do social media actually as a paid job. So, if anybody needs help with social media, I'm considering doing like a free meetup type thing too, because some people don't even know the basics. Yeah. But to start, record every set. Yeah. Hey, a a uh, a pre social distance meet in the back thing, yeah. Where the whole topic of conversation is Cheryl kind of pitching what she does. Yeah, would yeah. be really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The problem is that uh, open mic comics are broke as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. it's affordable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very affordable. affordable. It's very affordable. Though, yeah. yeah, by comparison, so yeah. definitely. So again, this has been the Funny Style Podcast. We talked for a million years. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening. If you're still listening at the end of this thing, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening.